Live from Chatterbox Sports Studios, it's Off the Bench with Tom Brenneman. Well, good morning, good morning, and a pleasant good Monday morning to each and every one of you. Welcome to Off the Bench, presented by United Dairy Farmers. I'm Tom Brenneman. Great to be back with you. It's been a while. Coming back from some throat surgery. Thank God, doctors on their game up at the Cleveland Clinic. I missed our one-year anniversary. So to all, let me start with the main man. He's a boss, so you always got to suck up to the boss right out of the gate. Trace, well done, my man and company. Well done. Now you're kind of able to take a breath, right? I'm hoping. Yes, Tom. Very much. All of a sudden, you go from talking to not speaking. Well, I mean, you know, hey, this is this is your show. It's your it's time. Not to my shine. show. It's ours. oh, it's not. It's definitely your show, Thomas. It's all the people I in the want, chat here already this I, morning. I would like for you to read what the name of this show is, Tom. Ready? You ready? Let's do it together. This is off, off the, the bench. bench. Presented by. No, 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 no. You're 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 jumping ahead. <laughs> off the bench with. We're not ham and eggers anymore. I'm told. <laughs> uh, it's Tom, finish it. Finish it. Ready? I'm this is all. Tom Brenneman. Thank you. I'm told that we are no longer referring to you guys as ham and eggers. Apparently, during my absence, uh, you guys have, have have gone up multiple levels and can no longer be called ham and eggers. Casey, I'm a little surprised. Casey, nice to see you. Nice to see you too, Tom. You nice all right? To see you. Yeah. I mean, you got to yeah. be really doing well for a change today, right? Doing well today? Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm doing great. Right? Yeah. It's not a Black Monday like it's no, been three no. times already. I have Tuesday. I have life now. I'm. I have a heartbeat. Well, it's I good. Am glad. I am glad. <laughs> and uh, Elliot Reed. Good morning, men. Good morning, Tom. How are you doing? I'm doing wonderfully. This is a well, this is a swell day. I woke up this morning and the birds were chirping a little bit sweeter. Yes. My cough. I haven't coughed that much this morning, Tom. I, I don't. You've missed it. But I've been coughing nonstop for three months for no reason. It just it just happened. And today I haven't coughed really at all. It's it's what a great day. Tom's the the Bengals win. I'm all the way back. Oh, it's it's just such a good day. Tom's the cure to, to Elliot's cough. Some Tom. are saying. Some are saying that. I'm not a doctor, but I play one on TV. So we're <laughs> here today, right? Yeah. All right. It's great to be back with the gang. I mean, look, it's what everybody's talking about today, right? On a Monday after a Bengals game. They looked like a different team. The old Bengals from the last two years in the opening quarter. Defense gets a three and out right from the get-go. Offense goes 64 yards on 11 plays, capped off by a Joe Burrow to Jamar Chase touchdown pass. Chase's first touchdown of the year and the Bengals' first touchdown in the first half of a game this year. By the end of the first quarter, Bengals lead 10-0, looking good. That. Same old, same old. This year's Bengals. No offense. Defense gives up two touchdowns to a journeyman Arizona starting quarterback, Joshua Dobbs. Bengals couldn't score on four plays inside the five brutal. We'll get to that later. Their run blocking stinks. Then a break. And I mean an unbelievable break. As Dobbs throws a pick six to Cam Taylor Britt with a minute left in the half, Bengals go to the locker room up. 17 to 14. Second half, really all Bengals and really all Jamar Chase, who set a franchise record 15 receptions, goes for 192 yards and three touchdowns. Burrow, he looked good. All of you are beating me up already in the chat. Tom wanted to sit Burrow. I did want to sit Burrow. If it was the same Burrow we watched the first four weeks, he couldn't move. 
Yesterday, you got to admit, he looked physically better. Made some steps around the pocket to make some throws. 36 of 46, 317 yards, three TDs, one pick. They committed to the run game for the first time all year. 30 attempts, 93 rushing yards. Now look, the yards per carry, we're not going to get wrapped up in that. We talked about this last week. It's the threat that you'll run that opened up the passing game. All in all, 34 to 20 win. Wasn't beautiful, but they needed a win. Burrow called it a must-win game, and they get a win. Two and three on the year. We'll talk about every aspect of this game and then some. Coming up shortly. Rest of the AFC North, Cleveland had the weekend off. Baltimore and Pittsburgh got together in the Steel City. You know, I better start calling, stop calling the Steelers the men of aluminum. Because they are old school when it comes to defense. In fact, both defenses dominated this game. Both offenses stunk. I mean, they were both awful, right? Hard to believe the Bengals' defense was gashed so badly by that Ravens team we saw yesterday. Or, or maybe it's not hard to believe. I don't know. Anyway, final eight minutes. The Steelers block a punt for a safety. Lamar Jackson turns it over not once, but twice, including a pick in the end zone. Then Kenny Pickett. I mean, Casey's been killing Kenny Pickett. Killing him, right? Guy steps up. Touchdown pass in the final minute. Steelers rally in the fourth for a 17-10 win. So here's how they stack up in the AFC North. Men of aluminum at three and two. Likewise for the Ravens. Brownies even. Bengalis one game under. So next week, the Ravens play Tennessee in London. Is there a game every week in the NFL now in London? It seems that way. It it's, does. It's, it's the Jaguars. That's their home field advantage, Tom. They, they played the last two games there. Last two weeks, they've been in London. They just keep them there. Well, they want to stay there because they keep winning. That's right. That's, right. That's exactly right. The uh, Browns host the 49ers. They will get killed in that game. Uh, the Steelers have the week off, and the Bengalis host Seattle. Seahawks had 11 sacks in their last game. Other games of note. The best game on paper. Why do we say this every year when it comes to the Cowboys? The best game on paper was the 49ers against Trace's Dallas Cowboys. Sunday night. But that's why they don't play them on paper, boys and girls. The Niners demolished the Cowboys 42 to 10. Does anybody except for Trace Fowler take the Cowboys seriously? I They're like the University of Texas. A fraud. 100%. Trace, any comment? No, I'm not. Did I'm you not, bet on I, that? I, I'm not taking the bait. I'll, I'll, wait for the, I'll wait for the rest of the show. I'm not taking the bait this early. I think it's close to that. They're more like Notre Dame. In this uh, old program that did so much winning three, four decades ago. And every year we're like, is this it? Tired. Is this the year? Are they good again? <laughs> no. No, they're not. Well, you're beating up Notre Dame. My father-in-law just got into town around midnight last night. He's a Notre Dame guy through and through. My wife is an alum. I told her before the game, I said, you know, I'm a little worried about Louisville. Louisville's got a pretty damn good team. I do. That coach can coach now. Mm-hmm. Brom. Uh, anyway, other games of note, we talked about the Jags. They beat Buffalo over in London. Kansas City holds off the fighting Kirk Cousins in Minnesota to go to 4-1. and one. Philly is 5-0. and oh. Man, I, I tell you, you know, you watch them, them and the 49ers. You watch them and you're just like, man. 
Tonight, the 2-2 two two Packers take on the 1-3 Raiders. I'm sure Joe Buck and Troy Aikman are elated with that game tonight. College football. UC had the weekend off after three straight losses. The Bearcats celebrate homecoming this Saturday, hosting Iowa State. That's an interesting game. I mean, Iowa State goes to Athens, Ohio. Three weeks ago, the Bobcats just completely shut them down, and Ohio University wins. Iowa State plays Oklahoma. They were highly competitive for three quarters, got blown out in the fourth. And then Iowa State beats TCU. Now, TCU's not TCU of last year, but they beat them over the weekend. It's not going to be a – it's not an easy homecoming game for UC. Unbeaten Ohio State started terribly. They looked awful in the first half against a good, solid, previously unbeaten Maryland team up in Columbus. But the mighty Buckeyes rally in the second half. Kyle McCord throws for a career-high 320 yards and two touchdowns, 37-17 the win. Marvin Harrison, Jr., if anybody thinks there's a better player in college football than that guy, then I, I don't know what it is you're taking, but I don't want it. Miami of Ohio is playing good football. Nobody apparently who goes to school there seems to care. <laughs> but the Red Hawks moved to 5-1 and one on the year. I mean, they are playing well. Coach Martin's got it going on up there. They shut out Bowling Green 27-0. Miami is tied with the Ohio University atop the MAC East standings after the Bobcats smashed Kent State. That was homecoming weekend in Athens. I was bummed I couldn't get back there and get all tanked up. OU has the second-best college team in the state. Second-best college team in the state. They are really good. If their quarterback did not miss the game against San Diego State, they would be getting votes in the top 25 right now. They have got an unbelievable defense. Quarterbacks are reigning MAC Player of the Year. Okay, enough already. Uh, best game of the weekend was at the Cotton Bowl, the annual get-together, number three, Texas, against number 12, Oklahoma. Sooners led by 10. If you didn't see this game, it was unbelievable. They got Matthew McConaughey going crazy, right? All, all these right, guys right, going right. nuts for Texas. Texas is back. The Longhorns rip off 13 unanswered points, take a three-point lead with a minute to go, and then Oklahoma quarterback Dylan Gabriel. Boy, this dude's good. I've really never watched him much. Left-hander. He had it going on. He takes a Sooner 75 yards in five plays. Game-winning touchdowns, 34-30. Again, like the Cowboys, Texas, all the talk. They're back fraud. Notre Dame got hammered by Louisville. USC survives triple overtime to beat Arizona. The Trojans' defense, it, it, again, it stinks. It stinks. They're not going anywhere. And how about Kentucky? All that talk about the Big Blue, that's all I heard. That's all I heard from Elliott. Big Blue, really looking good. Number one, Georgia. Boy, I mean, that's that old, the oldest cliche in the book. The cream rises to the top. And when Georgia gets questioned, they show up. 51-13 the final. It's Kentucky's first loss of the year. Baseball playoffs, division series in each league. It started over the weekend. Remember now, and I get confused. I don't know if you guys do. You know, you go from best of three, yep. right? And now we are in the best of five. For the division series. On Saturday, how about the Diamondbacks? They score six runs in the first inning against Dodger ace Clayton Kershaw in route to a game one win. Game two of that series is tonight, and the Diamondbacks have their ace on the mound, Zach Gallick. Game two of the Phillies and Braves tonight in Atlanta, the defending National League champs trying to go up to zip. In the American League, all the talk about Baltimore, boys. 
Trace told me to be careful. I never bought into Baltimore. Never bought into them. And they have gotten drilled. In the first two games of their series against the Rangers, Rangers are one game away from a three-game sweep, and they're coming home to play. And then there's Minnesota. Shut out Houston last night, 5-zip. That series tied at one game apiece, headed to Minnesota tomorrow night. And in soccer, Casey, please give us an update. Yeah, uh, Lionel. Please, please. So, and make it breathe. Make it breathe? Yeah, make it as brief make as it possible. Breathe? Please. Well, let, let's <laughs> say this. More. Uh, Lionel who? Lionel missed the playoffs. Nice. I mean, nice, come on AC, now. Nice. Good. FC took them to the woodshed, one to nothing. And beat a team that went all in on Lyle Messi. This is the team to beat. I mean, he didn't even play, like, majority of the games that he was there. I mean, he might have played five, six games out of the 13 weeks he, or 13 games he was there That's for. That's right. That's right. But getting what, paid a pile of cash. What a swing and a miss. Now, Miami's out of the playoffs. FC, still the leaders of the supporter shield. They didn't even have to win. But they wanted to knock them out so they didn't have to face them again in a week or two. So, congrats to FC for knocking them out. And, uh, yeah, Lionel who? Lionel missed the playoffs. I think that's what his new nickname should be. Double down. Love it. Yeah. I tell you what, though. He's backing up that Brinks truck. <laughs> yeah, he is. To the think, bay window. Do you think that's what they'll remember Lionel Messi for? Missing the playoffs for the MLS Cup? Uh, I think. They might. Yeah, that's, what I that's really tough. 100%. Not as good as Acosta. Some are saying. Acosta is much better. League MVP, MVP. Acosta. League MVP, no doubt. Without a doubt. Tom, and we got a super chat. We got a super chat. What do we got? We got a super chat. All right, let's see um, it. I'm going to have to log into another account, but the super it, chat came from uh, Chi Town, as always, saying that you're beautiful and that he loves you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, know. everything <laughs> on here is about uh, the E train, better than the messy train. <laughs> I like that, too. Thank you. I know we're going to get to it later, but uh, uh, being the degenerate that oh. some of you in this room are, Thank I don't you. have to name who Thank it you. is. Thank you. That's good that you did that. And by the way, you know, I mean, I walk out the door today. You know, it's so funny, you know. So my wife gets me watching. Have you guys watched the morning show? No. I got to tell This is you. the morning show. Well, I know that. But Are I'm you done with Reese Witherspoon? It's on Apple TV. I've seen one episode. It's uh, Jennifer Aniston, and Reese. right? And, Reese. and I mean, it, you know, and I'm, our daughter was home for the weekend from college on fall break, whatever, whenever they started that thing. Uh, again, it's, it's a generation of, hey, shut it down for a few days. Get a little busy. All right, so this show is unbelievable how good it is. It's basically like what happened to Matt Lauer. Yeah. That's the story of the whole thing, right? And then what's her name who's very popular? Um, uh, she, she's also in it. Um, anyway, I'm drawing a blank. Point of the matter is, okay, part of the show is them hitting the alarm clock at 3.30 a.m. to get up to mm -hmm. go to work, to do the morning show, right? Yeah. The whole crew. So here I am thinking I was all motivated. We're coming in early today, get going, first show back. I don't set my alarm right. My eyes open up at 7.30, and I'm going, you got to be kidding me. First day out of the gate, back with all the boys, trying to impress the boss, and I'm like, like. Well, yeah. the good news, Tom, is that uh, you I would highly recommend you watch this show, though, because it is unbelievable. <laughs> I know we'll get into some of this nonsense later. we got lots to talk about, but it is great. 
Well, I, I, I woke up, I got here, and I was walking in uh, to the studio. I was sluggish. It was, we got in early today. It was, a, it was a, a bright and early jump on the day. I walk in here, and Trace looks at me. He's like, you know, Casey just called me. I think we got some kind of animal in our studio. <laughs> so we come on in here. We, we see the shattered glass in the corner. We got all the dust all around the studio. Everywhere. I wondered if you guys were, like, eating and then throwing your stuff on the floor <laughs> yeah, here. You would yeah. Classic us. We're just eating our, our food and throwing it at the walls. <laughs> <laughs> but, but um, uh, so I walk in here, and you see all the dust piling and accumulating all over, the, all over the walls. And I'm like, you know what? This isn't an animal. This is just some guys working upstairs. So our leader, our fearless leader, Trace, he goes upstairs. He... He, he, he bangs around some heads up there. He's, who, who's, knocking our, who's knocking our stuff off the wall? Who's doing this? Nobody's up there. He comes back down. We start sitting here, and we're all like, you know what? It might be an animal. I had doubts. I didn't think there was a chance there was an animal, but sure enough, I, I, I started hearing. What was that again? I, I started hearing the squeals, Tom, of some sort of rodent over there in the corner. So I want to make that, I want to make that disclaimer now if that a rat shows up at some point during the show. I am out of here. I am gone, Tom. You have to fend for yourself. I'm going to go to my car, and we'll see you later. I'll go back home. You know, normally, Elliot yeah. uh, and Reed, guys, you, you think of having rats running around. You think of New York. Mm. Maybe Boston, the biggest offender of all of them, yeah. right? If you've ever spent any time in Boston, I mean, these rats down by the water like this big. Oh, yeah. But I, I don't think of rats in Hamilton. <laughs> Well, it's the listen, Tom. What are you when, laughing when you, when about? You, when you have a big, why are you laughing? I'm not laughing. I'm not laughing. When and you have a big metropolis, a booming metropolis, a booming metropolis. You know, like I got to tell City. you, Reed, you're right because we went to lunch last week a few blocks down from where I've been. I tell place. you, that place. What's the name of that joint? Fretboard. Fretboard. That's a big league joint. I'm sorry for interrupting. Go ahead. Listen, Tom. When you go to these big metropolises, I mean, I don't know if you've been overseas, but Paris, another big one that's known for their their rodent infestation. Listen, there's mouses all over Hamilton. There's certainly going to be rats. Right. It's <laughs> a last name joke. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. Fell on deaf ears. Now, Tom, <laughs> now here's what would happen, Tom, previously. Like, in last week, if this little conversation went about, this would go on for another 45 minutes. Us just talking about rats and rodents here in Hamilton. But you're here. You're going to gather us all together. We're going to get back on track. We're not talking about rats today. We're not talking about mice. This is a sport, a very serious sports talk show, and that's what Tom brings to this. There's He's going to bring no us doubt. corral us. Yeah. Corral us all. Like, that yeah. wall is corralling that rat. There's no doubt. All serious business here. All right. One thing we're going to try and do every Monday is we're basically going to ask everybody for something, what did I miss? Okay? Because, I mean, look, it's hard to follow all these games unless you got money. Oh, by the way, I, I got away from asking you the question. Oh. Winning or losing weekend? Winning. I had a very profitable weekend. Really? Very profitable, Tom. No very kidding. Oh, yeah. How come, I, Elliot? Huh? How come? Well, it started with Saturday. I, there's, there's something that goes on in this office. They call it a system. And this system has specific rules that I'm not accustomed to. I, I feel like Trace just makes up the system at a, at a whim, on a whim. <laughs> but nonetheless, it's there. So on Saturday, I, was, I, I started off poorly. The 1 o'clock or the, the noon games for college football, losing everything. Losing left and right. I wasn't going to be able to pay my taxes this year because of it. But Trace texts me. He's like, you know what? We're, we're going to have a mortal lock, can't lose, bet of the century. Right. And he's going to give it to me, and that's what he did. He gave it to me. He said, you know what? If it loses, it's not going to lose. But if it loses, whatever, he'll, he'll, he'll repay me. 
He put uh, he put his he put his his wager down, and I'm like, all right, I'm gonna ride with it. There was I, there was a temptation, Tom. You want to tell me what it was? It was it was Louisville plus six and a half. It was a mortal lock. Whoa. It was a mortal lock, and there was I, there was just for the bit, just for the joke. I was thinking about putting everything I had in Notre Dame, mm. just for the joke. But that's not a team player. I did what a team player does, and I rode with Trace, and he won me a lot of money. He won me a lot of money, and then Sunday yesterday won a lot of money again. So I'm back, Tom. Well, you if I'm not mistaken, you said last week and when we did our picks, but prior to us doing our picks, you said you were never betting on the Bengals again. Did you bet against the Bengals yesterday? I bet on the Bengals. I can't stop. I can't stop. <laughs> and again, if you have if you have a problem if you, if you call if you have a problem you call 1-800-GAMBLER uh, and you have to bet responsibly. But when I see when I see my 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 Bengals and they're orange I had I have to bet on it. I have, I feel like part of a team when I have money on them. You take solace in a three minus three line. Too. I do. I do have to take solace now. Did you hear that? Did you hear that from last week, Tom? What's that? Trey said, no matter what happens with the Bengals this week, win, lose, take solace in the fact that they're favorites on the road against a very I heard tough that. Arizona team. I heard it. Do you think that's what a ridiculous? Take, do you think Tom? that's just what disgusting? Because I think it is. Trace. Uh, listen, I, I don't understand how you could watch the Bengals play the last how many how many ever weeks it was and think to yourself as a Bengal fan that when you woke up on Monday morning the following week or Tuesday, whatever day it was they put out the lines, and you didn't see that the Bengals were favored, and you seen, or I should say you seen the Bengals were favored, if you didn't think that that didn't make you a little happy inside, I don't know what to tell you because I was expecting the Bengals to be at least a break even if not underdogs in that game and they came out as three-point favorites and immediately I thought okay the Bengals are gonna win and that's pretty much exactly what happened okay so all right uh, by the way real quick because I uh, look uh, to you know what extent it might be for each of the four of you I don't know it's none of my business but just again I asked Elliot read winning or losing weekend oh won a lot of money won a lot of, I had two picks that I loved I saw them early in the week and I said these are locks. One was Georgia. I mean, when, are we ever going to we going to keep doing this every year about Kentucky? Where's Cal? Are we going to keep doing this about <laughs> Kentucky every year? I mean, what are we doing? I mean, they go down to Kroger Field or uh, did they play in Athens? Athens. They played they in Athens. So whatever. Whatever goes down at Kroger Field, they're they're frauds every year. They'll go undefeated for the first 5 weeks and they'll get into the big boy conference schedule of the SEC and then they'll lose by 50. So that was a that was a gimme. And then the other one I thought that the Bills were due to trip up. The Bills had played Ooh, great okay. for the past few weeks. After right. losing week one against the Jets, they looked like world beaters. And everyone was down on the Jags. This Jags team's not very good. This Jags team's not very good. Well, Listen, the, Jags, the Jags are going to win the South. The ja and, and I know the Colts. I know there's some other good teams in the South. The Jags are going to win the South. The Jags are, I don't want to say serious contenders in the AFC, but no. they certainly should win a game in the postseason. So I took the Jags overseas in their home field of London. And uh, that was an easy one. All right. Uh, Trace winning or had to be a winning weekend. I mean, because he pointed out a couple of bets already. I'm sure you had the Bengals and I'm sure you had uh, Louisville. Correct. I made uh, I made three wagers. Um, one was the Bengals. Win. One was Louisville. Win. And one was a nine leg parlay that you can guess what happened on that. So, you know, sometimes you got to buy the lottery. all nine games? No, 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 no. If I hit all nine, you'd have known about it as soon as you walked through that door. You wouldn't have been here. I don't know if I wouldn't have been here, but I would have let you know as soon as you walked through that door that that happened. But, but yeah, I mean, shout out to the Orioles for breaking our hearts. And then it wouldn't have mattered anyways because there was like 
inevitably three other legs that didn't hit. So it does. It all didn't matter. Sometimes though, Tom, when you go to the convenience store, you got to buy the Power Five. You know, the the five. Yeah. They call it the Pick Five or the Powerball. Yeah. Sometimes you got to do that in life. So that's what I decided to do on a Saturday morning as I was sitting at my son's soccer game. I was nice. like, you know what? Let's just buy a lottery ticket. Yeah, baby. Let's pick nine of them. And let's just watch that money burn to the ground, and that's what happened. Hey, well, but you know what? The old adage, they used to have it. I don't know why they don't continue this, this sort of slogan there. You can't win if you don't play. Casey, winning or losing weekend for you? Did not bet. Did not bet. Uh, that's a good man. That's I'm, a responsible I'm, gambler. Yeah, I mean, I'm just I'm trying to uh, save up some bankroll here. Okay. So that I can uh, bet when it matters. A little baby on the way maybe soon? No. Nope. Oh. No. 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 Little oh. baby on No. Little There's Lionel, no fooling around little Lionel Messi. No, no. A little messy on no. the way. <laughs> no, no, no. There's no. With your no wife's background as a big soccer star. I yes. Mean, I mean, we we would we would welcome it. If it was another Messi, but no, uh, no baby on the way. We're just saving up to uh, prepare for when it matters. There you go. Okay. All right. That's our uh, quote of the day. Prepare for when it matters. That's a good one. That's a really good one on multiple different things in your life. Okay, Casey. The philosopher. Uh, okay, what did I miss is the question we will send around every Monday. And, and, and look, anybody here can pick something that happened over the weekend, right, that sort of stood out to them. Trace, we begin with you. Take it away. Tom, I, I don't know how you missed this if you did. I, I don't understand how people make millions. And when I say millions, I'm talking millions upon millions upon millions of dollars to coach a football team. And then when it comes to the time to the end of these games, it's like they don't know how to, for, for lack of a better term, even pay attention to a clock. For those that didn't see this Miami meltdown, you have a situation here right in front of you that you could just knee the ball, Tom. You could knee the ball. And the game is, for all intents and purposes, over. Now, Cristobal, in his press conference, said that, you know, it's his time got sped up. Somehow there was a recalibration of the clock. And, 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 and then, obviously, he backtracked to make sure that he let, let everyone know that there was no excuses. But again, at some point, and I've asked this before, when is there a coach on the sideline that's specifically there for the clock and that's it, to let the coach, hey, no, hey, you can knee the ball. They fumble the ball, which it wasn't a fumble, but they almost deserved it. So I'm not really, I don't feel all that sorry for it. They then proceed to let Georgia Tech throw two passes over top of two safeties' heads. This play almost, Tom, is worse than all of them. I mean, there's literally the last play of the game, and the guy's not even, it's not that he, it's not even that he catches the ball, like, in traffic and scores a touchdown. He's wide open. He's wide open. And then Miami's undefeated season is completely gone now. You can make the case that the U was back and all these things, and you simply lose a game because you didn't need the ball. Now, Tom, you might think to yourself, well, you know, mistakes happen in life. You know, these things these things can happen. You, you, you learn from them, you move on. This is the second time, Tom, that Mario Cristobal has had a team where he could have taken a knee and won the game, and instead he decides he's going to run a play, and it's the second time in his career where they fumbled the football and then lost the game. He did it at Oregon when they played Stanford just a couple years ago. I know this sounds like a little overreactionary because maybe that's what you do on Mondays after after you watch a full weekend of sports, but I don't understand how a guy can make $80 million coaching football, but has that happened to him two times? Yeah. I mean, that was truly one of the most unbelievable things that I have ever seen in my life in sports. I, I, spot on. 
by number one, that was by far the biggest thing that happened over the weekend that made you just say, you've got to be kidding. David Brown in the chat says there were 58 recruits on hand for that game in Miami, including the top wide receiver in the country who's already committed to Ohio State, but he has chosen to at least, you know, take the visits. Why not? Florida kid goes to Miami and that happens. Oh, good luck. Good luck with those recruits. All right, Reed Mouse, what did I miss? All right. Well, I don't know if you were watching the – you brought it up in the monologue, but on Saturday, what the heck is wrong with Clayton Kershaw in the postseason? Ooh. Listen, this is the guy that is the best pitcher of our generation. He could have been a Hall of Famer eight years ago. Yep. And it's the Dodgers' first game in the, in, in the NLDS. He gets one out, gives up six runs. This guy, if you look up the career ERA list, every player – He's got the best ERA in the live ball era. He's got the best ERA in the live ball era. The only people that are in front of them are guys like Mordecai Three Finger Brown and, and Smokey Joe Wood and all those old baseball nicknames. And for some reason, when he gets in the postseason, he just forgets how to pitch. He's I, I, I've never seen an athlete in any sport, in any sport, be as dominant as Clayton Kershaw is in the regular season. And then you go into the postseason and he just flounders. Every single, I can't explain it, Tom. It's, it's every single year, and we keep asking ourselves, when is Kershaw going to figure it out? Because the Dodgers are going to make the postseason every year with or without Clayton Kershaw. Yep. So when is their ace going to show up in the postseason, and he just never does? He's like a career five ERA in the postseason. It's it's mind-blowing, Tom. It really well, is. Well, you know, uh, there was a lot of talk, you know, there the last month of the year. The Dodgers have been decimated. As great a year as, as the Dodgers have had, they've been decimated in their starting rotation. Mm -hmm. Between injuries, suspensions, all this kind of thing, they, they have just been – destroyed for most of the year four of the five guys they they, they were going to have in that rotation have not been around brought up a lot of young guys they just continue to win uh kershaw over the last month was bothered by an injury his shoulder's been bothering they've been limiting him to about five innings to start and then getting him out of there he pitched great mm -hmm. his era was in the twos as right. it always is in his right. career here for the last month and then that he gets one out one out. One out, Tom. Six runs. I tell you what, though, I just love the guy so much as a guy that I, I, you know, I have a hard time beating him down. Yep. There are a lot of guys that I would be just killing. Uh, but I, I, I just I think so much of the guy and his career, and I, I felt bad for him. I was rooting for the Diamondbacks to win. I, I felt bad for the guy. But anyway, all right. Um, Casey, what did I miss? Tom, last year I had the Lions as my underdog yes, you did. team. This year, it well. this year was the Falcons, and what did they do? They won a convincing ball game against the Texans. Convincing? That's a big one. A very convincing. You want to know why it was convincing, Tom? Defense only gave it one touchdown. They were 4 for 13 on third down. Yep. Held the Texans to 2.8 rushing yards, forced th six three and outs. The Falcons' defense over the last two games has only given up two touchdowns. And the biggest thing about this game – was Desmond Ritter. Yes, indeed. All season long, I've said he just needs to be a game manager. Game manager. Just manage the game, hand the ball off to Bijan. Well, this game, they couldn't do that. Bijan, Tyler Algier, and the rest of the crew, 36 carries for 96 yards, 2.7 yards a carry. Yep. Desmond Ritter has to step up, and he steps up in a big way. 28 for 37, 329 yards, a touchdown. 
throws to 11 different receivers. That's amazing. And has a game-winning drive for the Falcons. If I'm not mistaken, I went back and looked at, the, uh, at that last drive. So, C.J. Stroud, if you didn't see the game, right, he sets an all-time NFL record right. for most pass attempts by a rookie in his first, what, five starts? Yeah. Uh, and uh, 180 throws, something like that, where he hadn't thrown an interception. Yep. I mean, he has just been fantastic. He takes the Texans down the field, right? And they score a touchdown with five minutes to go to take the lead. Now here comes Des Ritter and Atlanta, what you're talking about. If I'm not mistaken on that final drive, in case you check it out here for me, yep. if I'm not mistaken, I looked at it quickly last night. Um, I think he went five for five or six for six. Now, most of them were just six and seven yard completions. But look, all he had to do was get him down the field to get into field goal range, which he did. They kick a field goal and they won the game. But I think he was perfect on that drive that sealed the game. Yeah, he was perfect that game. Or that, that final drive, he had one, two, three, four, five. Yeah, he was five for five yeah, on that. And right. one, two really big plays, a deep pass, Kyle Pitts. Yeah. Uh, no, Drake London, I'm sorry. Or no, yeah, it was Drake London for 30, 23 yards, got him in the, the field goal range. Yep. So that was huge. It was a huge game for them. You know, they, they uh, that, 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 uh, that a NFC South and AFC South for that matter. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you could really start flipping coins to figure who's going to win those divisions. Yeah. You can yeah. make an argument for every team. I mean, how good has Baker Mayfield been? Now, they were off this weekend. He was down there watching his alma mater down there in mm-hmm. oh, yeah. uh, Dallas, uh, Oklahoma beat. Uh, uh, Texas, as we talked about, but we, we, we have plenty of time to talk about all that. All right, E Train. Now, are That's we right. going to call you regularly now that I'm back? Yeah. Or, and I need you to help me here now. Okay. Okay. Because I do Let's care do about this stuff. It matters to me about getting people's names correct, pronouncedly, about what it is they like being called, because we are living in the age of pronouns and all those kinds of things, right? Of course. Okay. Yes. So I want to make sure that I have this correct. What, what the hell are you laughing at? Something funny. There's nothing funny about that. Something funny? This is a serious sports talk show. Yeah, if you, you, if you wouldn't mind interrupting. <laughs> what are you doing <laughs> If you wouldn't mind, I'd like to continue. Go it's ahead, Tom. I'm sorry you were interrupting like that. All right. I am, too. I mean, the boss over there, you can only beat the boss down so much. I know. But I mean, when he's sitting there laughing and you're trying it's, to have yeah. a serious discussion about <laughs> what brutal. it is, you, what are you it's laughing just about? And he's still, he's still giggling. He's still giggling. I'm laughing because it's the first show you come back. We made a bit emoji on there that you can use in the chat that says politics in all capital letters. It's got the Capitol building behind it. And, and we knew, and I knew damn well that as soon as you came back, <laughs> you know, on, they were going to be. Oh, oh, these, no, these are just I mean, people. Forget the fact that Biden, people. you know, like, forget the fact that Biden gave the, the, the Iranians, right? Six billion dollars. Hey, man, yeah. go ahead and take it. And the next thing you know, pow. <laughs> Terrorist organizations blowing up Israel. That's a different discussion. All right. Um, and God bless the Israelis. Blow them off the map. All right. Um, <laughs> listen. Listen. Do you want to call? Do you want to be called E-Train, Zebra, or Elliot? Uh, uh, you can come. Uh, no, which don't okay. tell me you can call all. Which all right. ones do you want to be called? Elliot, Elliot's, Elliot's good for a serious sports talk show. E-Train's good if you want to talk about gambling. Zebra is good if you're just making fun of me. So you have your three options there. If you're like, hey, what's, what's, what's his opinion on this? Uh, maybe go to Elliot. 
If you're like, hey, look at the degenerate, you can call me E-Train. Okay. And if you're like, oh, look, what did Elliot, did the Elliot trip and fall today? Zebra. Okay. So those are your three options. So right now, I would say Elliot. I would like to be called Elliot right now. Okay. Elliot, what did I miss? Well, I was watching football all day yesterday, as most Americans do. It's, it's the greatest sport of all time, football, American football, that it is. And I was watching this Ravens-Steelers uh, game, perhaps the ugliest game I've ever watched. And in this game, I kept thinking to myself, Lamar Jackson, Lamar Jackson, you know, everybody calls him a running back and whatnot, and I'm sure you're, you're going to talk about it in a second. And, and he didn't have a great game. But I watched this game, and I'm not kidding. The, the Baltimore receiving core dropped seven passes yesterday, yep. at least. Yep. That's, that's, what they record, that's what they call or a, a record of a, a, a drop pass. They had seven of those yesterday, including, I think, three touchdown drops. Look at this one. I mean, this one's disgusting. And, and it happened the whole game. And people are going to come at me, and they're going to say, Lamar Jackson's a running back. Lamar Jackson hasn't had a receiver in his entire tenure as a Baltimore Raven. Not one. Odell Beckham's hurt again yesterday. Outside of one outstanding catch, Odell Beckham's been one of the biggest busts I've ever seen in the NFL. He, he's just not a good wide receiver. It, outside of the one catch he had, one catch, he's been nothing. This season, he's been nothing. I, the, the people who slandered Lamar Jackson's name and say, oh, he's running back, running back, running back. He's not. He just doesn't have anybody to throw to. He was dropping dimes yesterday. Everybody was missing You passes. know what? You're right about dro- that, that pass right there to Aguilar. Now, Flowers fell down there. Um, These are seven, but, but, though. But the one to Aguilar, and look, he's been dropping passes since he came to the league. Former number one pick with Philly. You know, then he's bounced around a little bit because he's an enormously talented player. Yeah. The way he runs, his build, his body, stays healthy. Yeah. But golly, Dave, that boy you just saw there a second ago down the sideline. Tom, there were seven of them. I, I, kept, I kept gasping. There was one. There, I, it was the touchdown pass. I audibly – I was at a bar yesterday. There was a Ravens fan next to me about a seat over. I gasped when I saw it because I was like, what are we doing? And that guy got up and left. He's seen enough. He, he, let, he exited the bar. Really? Yeah, that was, that was it from that guy. Did you get a little tanked up? No, I, didn't, I wasn't tanked up, Tom. Okay. I was not tanked up. Okay. Tom, Tom, you're talking about Nelson Aguilar. Have you ever seen that, that news clipping of this? Uh, it happened in Philadelphia. Oh, there was this, there was this guy who was saving children from a burning building. Yes, I know. Yeah, yeah and I then know. the firefighters are literally like tossing him out, and he's catching them, and he's getting interviewed. By the news station, everything's like, yeah, they're just throwing the kids out the window, and I was catching them. Unlike Aguilar. (laughs) Only in Philly. Only in Philly does that happen. You got to love it. I remember that. He's saving people's lives, and in the back of his mind is a football game. He can't forget Nelson Aguilar. It's a great clip. Imagine Aguilar taking that stray. That stray shot. Oh, yeah. Guy was a hero. Well, that was lives. like the guy in Hamilton at the <laughs> music festival. <laughs> the guy who was shielding bullets. Is that what you're talking about? He's just sitting there trying to enjoy some band that is imitating uh, <laughs> Quiet <laughs> Riot or something. The guy's got a bullet in his shoulder. We we've gone we've gone like two months. Tom. <laughs> we've gone two months without this city that I love. The city that we come and do a show I every love day, Hamilton. Without it catching strays, and, and here we are, forty minutes into your to your homecoming, and we're, we're Hamilton's got like six strays. Imagine like, that, like ima- the guy at the movie. Imagine <laughs> listening to an ABBA cover band down on the river. And you're, and you're taking bullets from the sky. I mean, I'm just trying to imagine singing Mamma Mia uh, de- <laughs> while I'm getting shot in the arm. I mean, I'm just trying to imagine it. But I listen, I love this city. I'm Hamilton's biggest fan. Two months. You guys aren't allowed going to fretboard anymore.
<laughs> okay. I love Fred Ward. All right. All right. That's the gem right. city. back in because I am not – I love Hamilton, and I've come to love this place and the people. and the. You know, I mean, I look, you see all kinds in every place you go these days. I mean, I get a cup <laughs> of coffee every morning right down here on the corner. And the last time I was here, a dude walked in with no clothes on. That's a true story. <laughs> that is a true story. And I'm still. Matty Ron says sports, Tom. And I'm trying. I still want to see our homeboy. Lawnmower guy. Who's getting right. Lawnmower guy. Listen, this is a city of freedom, guys. This is a city of freedom. If you want to walk around with no clothes on, we, we invite that. We want you, you. We want you to express yourself here in town. If you want to mow the concrete, sure. Go ahead. Because this is America. You can do what you want. That's we have right. freedom here in Hamilton. I'm right. sorry that wherever they, you guys grew up, that's, yeah. that's frowned upon. Why I don't know. I, I, I love it. I'm with you all the way, Reed. Amen. <laughs> yeah, he loves it. I, listen, why do they call it the city of sculpture? It's, if you I haven't seen many sculptures, if I'm going to be honest I mean, with you. There's a billion of them. There's so many sculptures. I, I guess I that's just, why. I'm that's looking, why. I'm looking in the wrong places. I mean, I the guess. monument right along the river yep. has Billy Yank. Very and nice. There's Alexander Hamilton. Yep. There's one right here on Court Street. Like right. they're they're all over the place. We all have right. a, we have a, a hill. We we designated one hill for nothing but sculptures. That's right. And they're not tearing them down like we see in American cities. I mean, they they stand for something and stand <laughs> for a history. You may not agree yeah. with everything that they may have done, right? But they still stand, or they've been torn down. This isn't the South, Tom. This isn't the South. I don't know. I don't know where they're. They're still standing. All right, good. They're That's still what I like standing. To hear. All right, all right. Now, uh, what, what did you miss? I, 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 and I'm going to pick up where Elliot left off on this Ravens game because he is spot on with. Um, and, and hold on on this video a second now because look, the first five weeks of this season, and we've all known Lamar Jackson is a great quarterback. There is no doubt in my mind, and Bengal fans are going to lose their mind when I say this. There is no doubt in my mind. If Lamar Jackson played those two weeks at the end of last year, the Ravens would have beaten the Bengals. It took a miracle play, Sam Hubbard, 100 yards, fumble at the goal line, whole nine yards by uh, Huntley, who was filling in for the injured Jackson. I didn't like the way Jackson uh, was a teammate, not even coming to Cincinnati for that playoff game, not even standing on the sideline a cheer. I thought it was, a, I thought it was weak, really weak. Uh, the whole contract thing, he got his money. The guy is a hell of a player. I mean, he is really, really good. But, you know, the great ones, you can't make mistakes like Jackson seems to make at pivotal moment. The game yesterday, okay? So just to set up the whole thing here, right? The Steelers are down two. Their defense stops Baltimore on a third and one. So the Ravens have to punt. They punt to the Steelers. So the guy who's back there returning punts had lost his job three weeks ago because he'd already fumbled a couple of times. He fumbles again. He fumbles again. The Ravens get the ball basically the 10, the 15-yard line, okay? And there's roughly four minutes on the clock, a little more than four minutes. And the Ravens are up two. So all you got to do is get a, get, get a field goal here. Look at this interception Lamar Jackson throws. In the end zone with four to go. You're trying to put him away or at least force him to score a touchdown. He throws a pick in the end zone. Then Steelers go down the field, score a touchdown. He gets it back. Jackson, fumble. Strip sack. Steelers in business. Right? With one minute to go, 
They end up kicking a field goal there. Final 17-10. Your franchise quarterback can't, can't have that happen. Now, he had a lot of drops. They probably should have been ahead 24-27-10 right at that point. Yep. They weren't. Uh, and that's what happens. Uh, this AFC North, I mean, after the first two or three weeks of the season, everybody was saying best division in football. When you, you guys watched that game yesterday, I'm assuming, right? Steelers and the Ravens? I watched the entire game. The entire game. Yeah, I did too. Um, I sit there and I say to myself, as bad as the Bengals have been and as many questions as the Bengals have, and we're going to get to their game here in a second, I still look at these other teams in the division and I say, is anybody any good? Yeah, I, I, I watched it yesterday. And roster-wise, our roster blows these teams out of the water. I, I, the, the, the Browns are, have a very good defense. Baltimore's banged up right now. Steelers, I don't, I don't, I, Steelers have a very good defense, obviously, but I, I don't believe in any, any single member of that offense. Kenny Pickett is just not a good quarterback. He hasn't played like it in, for his – Had a nice throw. He did have, he did yeah, have a nice throw. throw. He did have a nice throw. Uh, but Najee Harris just hasn't been the guy in, in Pittsburgh. I look at the Bengals, and now because Steelers, the Steelers won yesterday, the division's back on. I think you can get them for like plus 450 on, on Bedford Sportsbook, the greatest sportsbook in demand. But I look at the Bengals right now, and I think if, if Joe Burrow can play like this, if our offense can play like they did against Arizona, I think this division is still up for grabs, and I think the Bengals can still win this division. Is there any, any other division that has one team that sticks out like a sore thumb than the AFC North? Like the Ravens, the Browns, the Steelers, they're all hard-nosed, good yep. defense, run the ball, ground yeah. and pound. And then you got the Bengals who, you know, we, we, we go and shotgun every single snap. We, we throw every the snap. ball every 45, 50 times a game. We're, gonna, we're just going to sling it around the field. Like we are so different than the rest of these teams in the AFC North. But the AFC North has had this identity not just this year, but for – Decades, right? Because the Ravens with Harbaugh has been so hard-nosed. Because the Steelers before Tomlin and with Tomlin have been so hard-nosed. And now the Browns roster is built to be this hard-nosed team. Yep. The Bengals used to, to feed into this with Marvin Lewis, you know, with his great defenses. And, you know, we're going to have a good run game. And then we're going to throw a little bit with, with Andy Dalton and Carson Palmer. But really it's going to be defense and running the ball. And now we're just a completely different team. I still think the AFC North is, is a good division. I'll still hold that. I don't care what that game looked like between the Steelers and the Ravens, I still think that any team in the AFC can beat any team in the NFL. I truly believe that any team in this division can beat any team I think in the you're NFL. right on that. We're, I think it's a good division. I really do. I, I don't know if it's the best division in football, but it's certainly one of the best divisions of football. We got the best. We got great coaches. We got great rosters. We got decent quarterbacks. You don't think sure Jim Harbaugh or John Harbaugh, Harbaugh and coach. Tomlin I'm, are good coaches? Uh, we'll go down that road another day. Tomlin's never had a losing season. Never had a lo – you know, and speaking of Tomlin, this was one of the things I wrote down last week, uh, knowing coming back this week and see how they played. Their offense was awful. But after the Steelers game last week – now, look, they put new rules into the NFL about seven, eight, ten years ago in a collective bargaining agreement where you're only allowed to hit so many practices during the course of an NFL season. I mean, live hitting, Right really getting after people in practice. That's a new rule in the NFL. You're allowed X number of those practices over the course of the year. Mike Tomlin said after their game last week, he said, I'm tired of looking at it. He said, this is going to be a bad, bad week to be a player on the Pittsburgh Steelers because we are using two of the days this coming week and we're going to start hitting people because our tackling stinks. We're not tough. We've turned soft. This is paraphrasing. 
And I mean to tell you, that defense is scary, man. I know they've had a bad game or two this year already. They, you know, The 49ers game was a massacre, the season opener, all that kind of thing. But Tomlin said to his team, we are getting back to basics. The Bengals might want to think about doing that with their tackling. Yeah. Because their tackling still stinks. It's terrible. It's terrible, their tackling. Tom, did you see the clip from uh, Matt Canada? There might be, you, you said that you obviously, you, you believe in Tomlin. You like Tomlin I as do. a head I like coach. Tom. How do you know? Uh, that's fair. That's fair. The only thing I would say is it seems like there's a little bit of, uh, you had last year, the, uh, I don't know the kicker's name for, for Pittsburgh off the top of my head, but he was coming in the locker room. They had the clip of him like making fun of Matt Canada, who's the offensive coordinator yeah. for, for the uh, Steelers, for those that don't know. And then yesterday there was a clip that surfaced where Kenny Pickett made an audible at the line, made a pass to uh, George Pickens, shout out UGA, and, and ultimately Matt Canada wasn't even excited touchdown. when the play happened a touchdown for a touchdown. Pass. Right. I don't Take know if you see seen late. it. You had that clip, Casey? Yeah, I got yeah, it. Yeah, right took here. the lead late. Beautiful throw, beautiful throw. Yeah, so here you see like everyone in the everyone in the box getting excited and touchdown. And there's just no reaction. <laughs> I don't know. I don't I, listen, I, to defend him a little bit on this. There are times where there's huge moments in a game for me at least personally when I'm watching a game that I am hesitant to cheer because I'm looking for a flag. Right. So that's the only thing that I would say to that is like maybe maybe Matt Canada was searching for a flag on the field to see if there was any issues, but it's not the best look to have last year your kicker making fun of you um, coming through the tunnel on a win and then have that clip as well. No. You know, look, uh, that guy's been killed in that town. He's been killed in that town. Well, the good news is, is that clip probably made things a lot better for him. Well, all I know is, you know, look, they started a rookie quarterback last year. You know, they started the other guy early in the year. Who's the guy, the former Bear? Trubisky. Trubisky. Right, Trubisky. Trubisky. They started him earlier. Ohio kid, I should know that. Um, and, and, and they decided to make the move with Pickett. They came on strong at the end, but Pickett is still very young, very inexperienced. They don't look like they're run blocking the way they should. I know we're spending a lot of time on the Steelers, but, but the Bengals got them twice still this year coming up. And uh, you hope that Burrow continues to improve his mobility, which looked very different yesterday than the, the prior weeks. Look, I'm guilty as charged. I'm the first guy that stood up and said on the show last week that if Burrow wasn't moving any better, they got to sit him down. I'll admit it. I said it. I'm wrong a lot more than I'm right. That's probably a 90-10 deal. Wrong 90, right 10. But I can live with that. I've lived with that for 60 years. All right? So I think everybody who watched the Bengals yesterday, while not perfect, there were plays that Burrow made. And the one they really pointed out, right, where he stepped to his left, he came back up to his right, he made another step left, plant, throw, completion, whatever it was. He threw the longest pass of his career in the air, travel-wise, not distance for a touchdown, but in the air on the bomb to chase. I mean, that was a beautiful play. All set up by at least the chance they might run the ball. That looked like a running play, right? Defense, all the guys suck up when it looked like they were going to mix into the right. Burrow steps back, chase wide open because the safety sucked in thinking they're running. Bam, touchdown. That yep. was a big league throw and a big league catch. And, and Chase is just, I mean, how that guy's not getting 15 catches every game, I don't know. 
Yeah, they highlighted it in the broadcast that we were running a lot of RPO, Chase doing that out route while, you know, Burrow's reading the, the corner. And if the corner's playing too too far back, hits Chase. If he's playing up tight, handing the ball off. And they did that pretty much all game and just had a lot of success. That play, though, they used motion, and then he just streaks across the field. Yep. they got to get him more involved, get him open in the middle of the field. These teams playing too high coverage against us, like that that's perfect for us. The, that, that is how you take care of that. And it was good to see that they, they uh, took a page out of Miami's playbook because that was exactly what Tyree Kill did, what, two weeks ago. Yep. And everyone loved that scored play. scored 70. Right. They got so, over 40 yesterday. Yeah, what a team that is. But well, I mean, yeah, I mean, again, I, I mean, I get back to what Reed said. I mean, I, you know, you get the Dolphins out of Miami, uh, you get them against somebody who will smash in the mouth and that kind of mm-hmm. thing. And look, I give mm-hmm. to all the credit in the world because the guy last year when he played, they were great. When he didn't play, they stunk. This year, they're off to a four and one start, and outside of one game last week, he has been phenomenal. Right? right? Yeah. And now they bring in his chase pool down. I'm not sure what to think about that, but we can we can get into that later. Um, all right, where do we want? We'll look at some of the stats from yesterday. Yeah, let's look at some of the okay, stats. Okay, because there are a few things that still jump out for me. And look, I don't want to walk in the first day and sound like, you know, Tommy Downer here. Okay, but there are things that really concern me from the game yesterday. Okay, let's let's be honest here now for a second. Were it not for two terrible pass interceptions thrown by Dobbs, we might be having an entirely different conversation right now, right? Yeah. They turn it over three times. Um, total yards, Bengals here. We talked about Burrow, passing yards. The rushing yards was good enough. Again, it was the threat that you would run. Not 15 times in the game, you ran it 30 in the game. You're getting ready to say something, Elliot? Keep these numbers up there. You got something you want to add here? No, no, I was, I was communicating with Trace there. <laughs> okay, all right. Okay, you two have your inside thing going. That, that, that's good. No okay. inside jokes. All right. That, no inside jokes. Since I've been gone, it's for Casey. Thank you for focusing. Reed, put that back up, though, a second. The Bengals are 27th out of 32 teams in the NFL in third down efficiency. Yeah. 27th. So they're only five teams worse so far, and it's only five games, and an injured quarterback, I get it, on third down. So here, I want to I start on a couple of, and then the yards per carry thing is another thing that really worries me. It really, really worries me. And it should. 6.5 yards per carry. Yep. I mean, teams are smashing this Bengal defense in the mouth at the line of scrimmage, right? No, yeah, absolutely. This is something that isn't just what happened last week. It's every single week. These teams that, you know, for all intents and purposes, don't have a great run game, come in and just run the ball all over the Bengals, and you're just sitting here wondering, like, what, what's the difference? Because over the past few years, if DJ Reader's playing, this defense looks really good against the run. What the difference is, is we're just simply not tackling, right? Yep. It, does, it doesn't matter what Lou Anarumo draws on the board if we don't wrap up and tackle, right? Yep. It's, it's, it's the most alarming thing about the Bengals going forward. It, it, the run game on both sides of the ball is the most alarming thing about the Bengals. Everyone for the past few weeks on the offensive side said, let's run the ball, let's run the ball, let's run the ball. I mean, how can you run the ball if it's not effective? They're not winning on the run game. And you can say, well, we got to commit to it. we got to show it so that the, the defense at least honors it. Yeah, but I'm, I'm tired of running into backs. 
you know, running in the backs of linemen two yards down the field. We've got to have a more effective run game, and this team isn't going to get where it needs to be, where it thinks it should be, where we think it should be, unless both of those things stop. But the, the opposing team running the ball all over them and the run game on the Bengals' offense needs to get going in some capacity. Or else it's just simply the season's not going to account to much. It's not going to account to much. I watched the game yesterday, and, and I've come to this conclusion. Our defense has been, has been pretty good. The past two seasons, it's been pretty good. If we're able to execute like that offensively yesterday, if we're able to, if we're able to have the big Jamar Chase play, a couple of those uh, or one, one of those every week, I do think if, if you're able to just outscore your opponents just as by, by a decent margin, you have, to, you have to score probably 30 a week, you can afford some of those miscues on the defense because this, the defense just hasn't shown up yet, uh, tackle-wise. That is, right. they just haven't made they haven't they haven't made tackles. I was watching yesterday, and and, and the amount of tackles Nick Scott missed was uh, astounding. Yeah, yeah. Astounding. Well, I mean, he was I, benched. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was, he was yeah. benched during a part of that game. So I it, and you know it's just it's just something that you can't like you can't really teach somebody how to tackle. You're a professional football player. You should be able to tackle. That's just part of that's just part of the job. Uh, and if you're unable to do that, we, we're going to have some issues. But if the offense is going to be able to execute like they've been or like they did yesterday, I do I do think that we're going to be okay here. Even if even even with the defensive miscues, I know we were missing uh, Awuzie yesterday too. So yeah. we're going to be okay. Bengals are going to be okay. I will say the issue with the run game I saw yesterday was the uh, I, the, the, the commitment to continue to run the same play over and over and over again after fail after fail after fail. The the goal line stand right before the first half, and I was ready to lose my mind. When Zach Taylor stood up there, out of the shotgun or whatever it was, the pistol, whatever they want to call it. Shotgun. Uh, shotgun. Thank you. Uh, when he handed the ball off to Mixon four consecutive times, the play did not change at all. Just up the middle, up the middle. Up the, it didn't work four straight times, and he continued to run it. We have to, we have to line up under center at some point. I mean, it doesn't have to be all the time, but just a little bit. Like, just even, even faking it. Just do something. Something has to be different with the play calling there to change the run game. So I don't... I, I, Reed is right. The run game isn't as effective because they run one play. They won run. They won one run play. That's it. That's all they do. So it's it's hard for Joe Mix to, I imagine, create a, a a lot of opportunities under the same exact play every single time. I tell you, I still think Mixon has a lot of gas in the tank. I think so too. I, mean, I, I think really he's great. Yeah, you know, a lot of people like to beat this guy down, and I get it. Uh, but I tell you, you watch him so far this year. He looks to me like he's got a lot of juice left in his body. He's always had a great attitude. Forget the off-the-field stuff for a second that's gone on. He is a team guy, and he is without a doubt a leader on that team. People in that locker room really like him and respect him. He is a passionate, tough player. He gives you everything he's got. All right, we're going to continue this here in a minute. I want to hear what Trey thinks about this whole thing, Casey. Now, look, a couple of things have changed since I've been gone. All right? A couple of things have changed. One thing that hasn't changed is as you're in your late 50s and you start to move to your 60s, when Mother Nature calls, you got to go and you got to go right now. So that means it's time for a break. Now, one of the things that has changed, right, since I've been gone, um, what do we call it, Trace? Well, it's the locals at 11, Tom. Locals but today, but, at 11, but, but, and that means... But, but here's the thing. Today, I thought we did a pre-show meeting. We were said we were going to do the Bengals report. 
We got a, uh, an ad read, so I'll do, I'll do the ad read now. Um, All right, does that mean I can step out? Uh, you, you, you can. Um, or do you want me, or, or is Chip going to throw it to the weather? No, no, here's what we'll do. Here's what we'll do. Um, let, me, let me get it ready here. I mean, I've got the ad read. I, I, got, I, I, I got it. Here it is. The Bengals report, uh, which is uh, the, the start the segment off. Uh, the Bengals report was brought to you by Encore Technologies. Encore Technologies provides IT solutions for a data-centered world. With a suite of services from mobile computing to desktop to data center, visit Encore.Tech. The past innovation starts here. Uh, that was supposed to start the whole segment off because that's what the pre-show meeting said we were going to do. But we don't do shit around here the way we're supposed to. And then, secondary to that, we cut up like three and a half minutes worth of clips that we were going to start the end of that segment off and show you uh, a couple words from Joe Burrow, your king, your savior, your leader, and Zach Taylor. Probably a guy that many of you don't like, but. He does a pretty good job. So we're going to play the press clippings from him and give Tom a quick break. So we'll go to that now. Yeah, it was it was good. We still got a lot of room to improve. We, we left some yards and points out there, but um, it's a good start. Yeah, Zach called a great play. You know, saw something at halftime that we really liked, and so that's that's credit to him. The, the, red, the first red zone. You were able to kind of move out of the way yeah. of the guy. How big was that for your confidence today? And that okay, I can do that today. Yeah, that was that was big, big for for that exact reason. Like you said, it's uh, something I haven't been able to do for the last couple of weeks. So when, when your quarterback can't do that, can't steal first downs, can't extend the play a little bit to to find some guys, it's it's tough to move the ball. So um, it felt good today. I'm going to continue to to get healthier. So I'm excited about that. Yeah, there there were several plays at the beginning of the game that. Uh, I was kind of testing it out, and it felt felt really good, and that kind of led to to some of the runs in the in the second half. Well, the, the starting point was two three and outs for our defense to start the game, and the offense scoring ten points. So right there, the defense got the stops, the offense piled on some points, and we had some good special teams plays in the mix of that. A great return by Trent, um, great blocking on that. And then you look at the end of the half. Okay, the defense gives up a touchdown. Offense drives all the way down to the one. Doesn't get in, but again, eats up some clock, gets some field, good field position, and then and then the defense does a great job turning in seven points. And then you turn over quickly the second half, offense gets the ball first, score seven. So I just thought that sequencing at the end of the second quarter, beginning of third, even though it wasn't perfect, um, was a good example of this team playing together and feeding off of each other and, and being able to take control of the game there. It was the first touchdown. First touchdown, I was able to slide right, you know, plant my leg, throw back across my body. Um, after that, I felt like I was, I was pretty good. Obviously, um, there's been a lot of moments that I thought I was good, and it turned out not. So I just got to continue to keep getting healthier, keep working on it, keep working on my body. It'll, it'll be good. Yeah, that's you're not gonna. Doesn't matter how well you play on offense. If your defense doesn't play well, you're not gonna win. So when we have a, a defense like that, it makes our jobs easier. Um, we're gonna continue to play complimentary football, like you said. I think we just don't overreact to to the early part in the season. We correct what we can correct. Um, there was never any wholesale changes needed. We, we knew how close we were, and we knew what it could look like. Uh, we got to continue to build off days like today. That, that's a big part of it. But again, there was, there was never any overreaction or, or anything like that from us. We just stayed the course. And, and when you trust in what you're doing or you believe in your process, um, there's plenty of time for it all to take shape and, and us to get our footing that we needed to get. And um, I thought today was a good step in the direction that way. Well, it felt really good today. Um, I'm going to continue to test it out in practice. Going to 
see where I'm at um, on Tuesday. You know, usually day after game, two days after game is a little sore. So we'll we'll see how it feels the next couple of days. We're going to continue to to get healthier. Yeah, it wasn't def- by no means was it perfect. It was it was hard. You know, that's a that's a good defense. They were moving the ball well on offense at times, um, and so we had points in that game where we had to come up big, and, and we did. This was all free. This, the the sweatshirt was made by my friend Micah um, that I went to high school with, and the shoes are from uh, my friend Scott, as most people know of Kid Cudi. So. Yeah, my friend made all my friends put this outfit together for me. So I got great friends. Thanks, guys. I got to tell you, now I went to college in Athens, Ohio. And nobody loves Athens, Ohio more than me. And that's where Joe Burrow is from, Athens, Ohio. It is not a surprise that if you spend enough time in Athens, Ohio, that you make a sweater that looks like that. It's not his best attire, Tom. It wasn't his best. It wasn't his best. Who is, help me here, boys, the younger generation. Who here can tell me who Kid Cudi is? Oh, Tom. Oh, Tom. 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 Come on, Tom. Honest to God, I'm sorry. I probably should know. I don't know. Who is Kid Cudi? We'll leave the show off tomorrow with one of Kid Cudi's hits. He's a rapper from Cleveland, Ohio. Okay. He was popular about 2009, 2008 era. And uh, people who love Kid Cudi love Kid Cudi. Okay, okay. More psychedelic rap. Like, he's he's good. He's really good. He's really good. Are we allowed to play anything from him? Well, I mean, not theoretically, but I mean... Okay, because I want to check it out. I'm sorry I don't know, although when you start dropping 2008, 2009 on me, I mean, well, my kids, at that point, they would have been uh, five and three. They weren't listening to Kid Cudi. Now, some of the other stuff in more recent years, you know, I might know who it is. Little Izzy Vert. There you go. Little Izzy Vert. Doesn't get any better than that. Got you, Tom. All right. uh, Are the Bengals back on track? We've talked about some of the numbers there. Uh... There are some people in the chat that are suggesting, give me a break. They beat the Arizona Cardinals. And the Cardinals are not very good. And they're saying, give me a break. I can't believe how much people are getting excited. This is from Drew Garrison. Super chat. If Tom wears a similar sweater for one full show, right? He gives 100 bucks to Super Chat. If somebody in Athens wants to make me a sweater that looks like that, or here in Cincinnati, send it in. Drop it by right here in downtown, beautiful downtown Hamilton in our studios. I'll be happy to wear it. There's no dress code on this show. No, there isn't. No. All right, Casey, I'm going to start with you. Yeah. It was a win against Arizona. Yeah. Okay, and Arizona's Arizona. Although I have to, I have to say it. I said this last week. The thing about Arizona is that in the first four games of this season, they were in the lead in the fourth quarter of every game they've played this year. And they don't even have Kyler Murray back there. I don't know if Kyler Murray's ever going to play for the Cardinals again. Maybe they got to get him healthy so they can trade him. But that whole thing's been a disaster. Anyway, um, they have competed. And look, let's be honest about it. If their quarterback doesn't make two big-time mistakes with interceptions, uh, they competed yesterday. They ran the ball well. Yeah. Right? Okay. So they competed. Uh, but they're still, you know, they're, they're one and four now. Okay, Casey, are the Bengals back? Tom, I think the Bengals are most the way back. I think a lot of it has to do with Joe 
and his ability to be able to throw deep. Um, it felt like all game up until that big touchdown, they were just dinking and dunking. It felt like the defense was just, you know, not all the way back yet. Something happened in that second half to where they just got it turned around. Uh, they were taking deep shots. To me, it felt like maybe Burrow looked at Zach and said, open up the playbook. Let, let's go. Let's start throwing deep. Let's start moving me around. Because that's, that's pretty much what happened. He started moving around a lot more this yep. game. He was very uh, aware of the pocket, which is good to see. He had still a couple miscues. You could probably blame the offensive line for some of those, but he's basically back. Joe Burrow's basically back, so the Bengals are basically back. Um, but there's still some problems. The defense is really scaring me. It took one really big play for that turnover, that, that touchdown, that really turned things around for this team. But up until that point, I mean, they were just getting gashed. They were not respecting their responsibilities. They were letting the edge, like they weren't sealing the edge. The, the edge rushers were getting bullied. The corners, the safety specifically, Nick Scott getting bullied. Um, rest of the guys kind of stepped up. But we still had some rookie mistakes with DJ Turner. The tackling was bad. That is more concerning to me than the offense. I think I always knew in the back of my mind, at least, that the offense would get right at some point. Okay. But the defense is not back yet. That's clear to see. Trace? This is one of those tough situations, I think, for folks that obviously root for the Bengals because there's, 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 a, there's a way to be critical of that game where you're like you're still not, you're still not believing in, this, in, the, in the thought process that you're the team that you were last year. But at the same time, um, to use analogy, um, I guess the baseball playoffs are still going on, but to use an analogy from a baseball world is like when you're struggling, sometimes you just take a hit however you can get it, right? Like you just get on base. That's right. And maybe that'll yeah. get things back on track a little bit. That's how I feel about the Bengals in, in a little bit of a way. Was it a perfect game? No. Were there times where you were, when the Bengals were down, whatever, 14 to, to whatever, I think it was seven at the time or whatever, whatever it was. 14-10. 14-10. Yeah, I think it was 14-10 and they just got stuffed right there at the one yard line four different times and you're, and you're frustrated as a Bengal fan thinking that, you know, nothing's changed from the previous weeks. Um, certainly a better team yesterday maybe could have could have won the game or beat the Bengals, but that's just not how the NFL goes. And you can always play the what-if game of, well, if Josh Dobbs didn't do this or didn't do that, well, if Joe Burrow was healthy, would they have won some other games? So it, it yeah. kind of, to a certain extent, it is what it is. Uh, if I was a Bengals fan, I'd, I'd be relatively thrilled that – they found a way to win a must-win game, just like yeah. they did last year. They had they had a must-win game last year. They found a way to win, and now you just hope that um, this defense specifically can find a way to to not get gashed as bad as they have been on the ground. And maybe that maybe there's something in the cards there that we don't know. I don't know. That's probably the biggest concern I have as a Bengals fan. Is like, where's the interior defensive lineman? Where's DJ Reader? That's a guy that last year everybody was. He's one of the best high, high on. Yeah, he's one of the best tackles. In and game. and now now we're in a position where it's like you got to find a way to stop the run, usually to win big time football games. And there's still time left in the season to figure figure that out. I'd hope. Yeah, I'd like you just really quickly that must win game, the Saints game. It pretty much played exactly the same way. I mean, Jamar Chase had a great day. Bing, Bengals defense was gashed a lot in that same game. Very very similar, eerily similar. Listen when. 
For for the past two weeks, we did 20 hours on this show, and of the 20 hours, 18 of them, I think, were talking about Joe Burrow and whether he can move, whether he should play. And I'd always been on the bandwagon that, listen, you pay the guy. He's telling you he's healthy enough to play. You play him. And it, it showed. Out of everything that we could have seen from the Bengals this week, we got the thing that we wanted to see the most, and that was Joe Burrow moving around. Right? He looked like a traffic cone the first four weeks yep. in the pocket. I mean, he wasn't moving at all. I mean, he was just he was standing put. He wasn't wasn't trying to avoid the pocket or escape the pocket at all. We saw that this week, and that was by far the thing us Bengals fans, uh, I'm sure the coaches wanted to see, is Joe Burrow move around, make throws downfield, and that's exactly what they got. Yeah, yeah, this team, I, I said that it wasn't just Joe Burrow is why this team looks bad, and, and it still showed, right? The defense didn't look great. There's still those problems on the run game. There's still those problems on third down, which I think stems from not being able to effectively run the ball. All these things still persist, but the number one thing that we wanted to get this week was we wanted to see Joe Burrow moving, and that's exactly what we got. He looked he looked very, very fluid back there. He looked great. Are the Bengals back? No, I, but they're alive, and I think that's what they needed to do yesterday. Mm, well said. They, they executed that. People, people were ready to call the season, me included, if they were to lose yesterday's game, and, and they showed up. So that's it's very good. I think there are still a lot of issues, a lot of them. Yeah. I think we don't yeah. have a tight end. That's tough. I, yeah, Irv Smith apparently played mean. yesterday. He ran 33 routes, I saw. Didn't, didn't accrue a, tar- a target. I don't know how that's even possible. But we, we're missing a tight end. Run game, we have one single play. It's a shotgun run, and Joe Mixon goes right up the middle. There's no, there's no change in that dynamic. Um, Joe Burrow being able to move yesterday was, was good to see. That was, and again, I, I, don't, I hate to copycat Reed's point, but that was really the most important thing because if right. Joe can move, the offense is alive. The offense is back a little bit. Defense is not back. Defense is not back, um, and that's going to be an issue throughout the season. But as of right now, the offense is alive and well. As, as for the point he just made about the tight ends, you know, I, we used to uh, hate when you ask the question, when you have a guest on here, are the Bengals better than they were last year? And I would always make the point, like, what are we talking about? The only place, the positions that they lost were the tight end, which is the fourth target for Joe Burrow, is the backup running back, which if you know me, my take is that you can throw any running back in there and he's probably going to do okay as long as you have a good line. And then safeties, which I always thought were the least important position on the defensive side. Now, that being said, I... I can't believe how much this team misses a target of a tight end because Irv Smith is not that. C.J. Uzama I didn't think was great. I really don't even think Hayden Hurst was all that great. But it's clear as day that Irv Smith is nowhere on the same playing field as the two tight ends that we've had over the past two seasons. And I don't know how you how you solve that problem. I think it is just is what it is at this point because I don't think there's going to be any more talent. How do we get more production out of the tight end position? I don't know. I don't know, but that is certainly a problem, and that's certainly a piece that I think we, we are missing. I'm not going to throw in the towel yet on Smith. Okay. I'm not suggesting you're wrong because the numbers back it up and what you two guys just said. I mean, you, you know, the only time we ever saw him is when they, they would show him blocking or trying to block, right? Yeah. That was it. Um, but I still think the guy's an uber-athletic player when he's healthy. I think he's going to make some big plays uh, for this team before the season is over. But, you know, you, you look at yesterday, and, and, and we talk about concerns here. The Bengals yesterday ran almost 80 plays. 80 plays. Okay, normally you're in that mid-60s range somewhere in there most of the time, not all the time. So what's the difference? The difference is, okay, the other team's turning the ball over. 
you're having extended drives, which have been few and far between this year, although the second quarter was, was awful, uh, their offense. It was just plain awful. The goal line stand, yeah, they got a pick six. I mean, I could have caught that ball and ran it in the end zone that Taylor Britt did. Um, but, you know, when you start looking at this run defense, Harken back to the Baltimore game. And I'm going to try to tie all of this together, okay, in a roundabout way. Maybe I need to take some Adderall. I don't know. I've never taken Adderall. Maybe I ought to think about it. But, you know, um, when the other team is able to run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, like Baltimore did, and they're going on these six and seven and eight and nine-minute drives, right? That third quarter a couple of weeks ago. They get it right to start the second half, and I mean, it felt like the quarter was going to be over by the time Baltimore finished with that drive. So what does that mean, right? The offense is off the field. So as encouraging as Burrow moving around, looking better, and it was very encouraging because he looked like a different dude. He looked like Joe Burrow yesterday, most of the game. He really looked good. And you got to hope and pray that that calf can make that kind of improvement in the weeks ahead moving forward, which will allow him to do some things that we didn't see the first four games that we did see yesterday. But, Trace, if the other team, if they can't stop the run, they're going to play some good teams that aren't quarterbacked by Joshua Dobbs, with all due respect. Okay, the guy's doing the best he can, stepping in there for Kyler Murray. I just worry against a team like Seattle coming to town this week, right? Now, not necessarily so far this year, but the M.O. on Pete Carroll, his entire career is what? Smash mouth football, right? Size that, one play, yeah. Well, except one one, right, exactly. That's the irony of the whole thing. You're right, in the Super Bowl uh, against New England. But that's his M.O. I've got to believe he's coming to town. You know they're pouring over the video already, right? All the film. And they're saying, man... We can run the ball and keep their offense off the field. That, in a nutshell, is what worries me the most. The offense might be back, but you can't score if you don't have the ball. And I worry when I look at, you know, you talked about read the safeties, okay? Yep. Von Bell and Jesse Bates come up and hit people now. Yeah, no doubt. They weren't perfect players, but they come up and hit you, right? Logan Wilson and Jermaine Pratt – Look, we've been down this road 10,000 times. For the life of me, I'm never giving linebackers long-term contracts. I, I'm just not. I'm sorry. Sure. And they are not playing well. No, they're not. They're not playing well. Those gaps are supposed to be filled by Pratt, filled by Wilson, mm -hmm. filled by the safeties. And they're not. Wow. Nick Scott has been very disappointing, Tom. He has been. I'm but. In the same breath, too, like I can't murder the safeties. Dax Hill's played unbelievable. It's been great. So it's a give and take, right? This free agency, it felt like they kind of got burnt, right? They they went out and got Orlando Brown Jr. because they couldn't get the guys that they wanted in free agency. Right. They couldn't get Foster Moreau. They couldn't get Chancey Gardner-Johnson or whatever, the, the safety for the Lions that just got hurt. But regardless of, of that, they – settled on swinging for Orlando Brown, which is a great, great signing, but they sacrificed on the safety and the tight end spot, Irv Smith Jr. and Nick Scott. And those two things have really hurt us really bad. And the fact that it feels like Pratt and Logan Wilson have kind of, I don't want to say they've taken a step back. They just, 
they haven't made the the plays that we need them to make at the right time, yep. right? And at the same in the same breath too, like Logan Wilson had a couple interceptions in the Rams yeah, game. He, he was Logan very Smith. close to making an interception. So I don't want to say like they're washed because I don't think they're washed. I think they're just getting back into into their groove. I think it's just going to take time for them to get back to their sure tackling ways. Okay. I, I think in the past game, Jermaine Pratt and Logan Wilson, you, you'd be hard you'd be hard pressed to find a better linebacker. I should have yeah, corrected right. myself Duo in the past. In past You're right. Past You're right. But I stepping your up, they have certainly, certainly not played their role this year, and it's evident. Every single team comes in with the the ideology that they're going to run all over the Bengals, and it's it's proven. It's been true. Yeah. And part every of it, single team. Part of it too is just the the D line play has not been up to snuff either. Like, I don't know. I see. I don't know, Casey. I, I mean, I'm not suggesting you're wrong on that. But when I watch the running plays and they run the replay, the opposing team's running the ball, right? Yeah. The defensive lineman's job, and you guys help me here, okay, about football. But but I think this is right. The defensive lineman's job is to tie up blockers. Correct. Right. Right. Tie up. It appears to me when I watch a lot of these, I'm not suggesting there haven't been defensive linemen that haven't missed tackles. I'm not saying that. Right. But in the run game, it appears to me when I watch over and over again that the defensive linemen are tying up those blockers. And now it's somebody's job to step in and meet the ball carrier. Right. Right. And they're either not there or they are there and they're missing tackles. Am I wrong there? I don't think you're wrong. I think some of the issues have been – it's been a mix, right? I think linebackers are a big problem. I also think the edge in the run – like the edge position specifically for the run game has made a lot of mistakes. They are letting the outside contain get free. There's plays where we should have had tackles in the backfield that end up burning us for 25 yards. And those those chunks, those mistakes add up over time. Yep. So for me, it's – for me, it's the actual play of the linebackers and the mental mistakes for the line that have really caused the Bengals' run game to just be what it is right now, which is just the bottom of the league. Right. It's just not good right you, now. And the Bengals received a gift yesterday when James Conner went out with an injury, as bad as that is to say, but it's right. a fact. He was tearing he was tearing us up. So yeah. I think it was six for 50 yards or something like that yesterday. Yeah, yep. longest, longest run allowed of the year on that on that sideline run. But you're right, Tom, that the, the goal of a defensive tackle isn't to make tackles. It, yeah. is, it is to clog holes. And, and for, for Casey's point about what the, the edge rushers, listen, we, we know what we're getting with our two edge rushers, right? right? We got Trey Hendrickson. His game isn't, isn't run stopping. It never has been. And we realize that when we put him on the field, we say, Hey, listen, you're getting to the quarterback. That's what we want you to do. Sam Hubbard, complete opposite. We're like, Hey Sam, you're not going to get to the quarterback a whole lot. We understand that your game isn't, isn't pass rushing. You need to clog up. You, you need to affect this game on the run stopping. And to their point, I think they're playing okay. I think they're doing their job. It, it really, I think, does come down to the safeties who we have a brand new crop. I think Dax Hill has played great. Nick Scott has not played great. Is it time for Jordan Battle? That's what everyone's calling for. He didn't look great either. But right. And yeah, then, but that's his first action. I mean, come yeah. On, come on. Yeah. He did kill the quarterback on that blitz. He did. He did. I, that was good to see. I think our safety blitzing yeah, packages they're are great, great right now. They're great. That's something new that Lou has not done the past four seasons is blitz a lot. And those guys are just tearing up. Whenever they are called to make a blitz, they're 
right there on the quarterback but every so single time. We have a lot more athletic safeties than we had. Like, like Jesse Bates and, and, and Von Bell were fantastic. Dax Hill, Jordan Battle, way more athletic than those two. And well, that's there's the, no doubt about that. that. That's, that's the reason run. they got drafted. Yeah, really run. Very quick in the secondary. Yes, at yes. This point. there's no doubt. Dax Hill can really run. Yes, he does. I mean, really run. Tom, you, anybody, yes, Trace. You've called a lot of football games, and yes, you've been around. You've been around a lot of locker rooms, and you've heard a lot of things. Has and, been and in one of been, been, been in the around. NFL a long time. Have you ever? And I have not. Have you ever seen a guy after a game say that he's open every effing play, <laughs> every effing play, in the very next game, the very next game, he sets a franchise record, and he and he and, and for all intents and purposes, he appears to be open. Every effing play. Yeah. What a uh, game well, Look, and, and you know the thing is, it's interesting you asked that, Trace, because I thought about it. Most of the time, I can't stand it when wide receivers, and a lot of them get labeled as divas. I think it's unfair across the board because most of them are not divas. There are divas out there, and there have been. But, Trace, you know, look, the way he said it was not in diva fashion. No. You know what I mean? He said it like a guy that's just saying, hey, look, I'm open. I'm always effing open, right? He's just laying out the facts. He's not as defined Diggs guy here, right? Right, or an old uh, Terrell Owens kind of a thing. He's not doing that kind of thing. He's just saying, I'm open. So am I surprised that they found him 15 times? In my opinion, they ought to find him 15 times every game. How is the Cardinals, though, like from the standpoint that you, there's no T. Higgins, there's really not been a hugely successful run game, and maybe you could say that Joe Mixon's certainly capable of having a, a, a good game. I'm not suggesting that it's Joe Mixon's fault. But when you look at the Bengals and you were to circle one specific player that right. can hurt you yep. pretty badly, it has to be one. It's just crazy to me that... You'd like to think that they game-planned around the idea of taking him away and making someone else beat you, especially with the fact that T. Higgins wasn't playing, and they just didn't. They couldn't stop him. I mean, he, it wasn't even like he was, du- you know, like, I don't want to say double-covered. There was a couple times. But in, in all, all the times that I had watched, obviously, that had shown on replay, he, he wasn't just, like, catching contested balls. He was genuinely open. Yep. So as much as like as much as I want to give credit, and I think Zach Taylor deserves some credit. Every single time they lose, he gets he beat up like a drum. But like as much as much as I, and I know I'm not suggesting that Zach Taylor is, should should win an award or something along those lines. But to have a bounce back game to where you you get your best player the ball that many times and have them open as many times as they are, whether that's Joe Burrow or Zach Taylor, I don't care who you want to give the credit to, but it deserves at least some praise. I agree with you. And you know what? Just as kind of a, like an off, off the – because we're going to move to a little bit of college football here in a minute. Let's say anybody has anything to add about the Bengals. Um, you know, I, I used to always marvel uh, and just scratch my head um, when I was doing baseball games. And you would have a kid on your team, a player on your team, where you were going to play in your hometown. And I'm not talking about some stiff – Okay, I'm talking about a guy that has contributed to your team, whatever it might be. And let's say the kid's from Cleveland and you're playing a two-game series in Cleveland. The Reds are playing a two-game series in Cleveland. And the guy from Cleveland never played in the series, right? He's playing in his hometown ballpark. And this used to happen 
all the time when I was broadcasting baseball games. I would, it didn't matter what team I was broadcasting for. Diamondbacks, Cubs, Reds, you know, and, and you get this player who this is like, he's not going to be a, an 8 or a 10 or a 15-year player in the big leagues. He's not going to be a star, but he's a solid player, serviceable player. You can certainly put him in a lineup for one game, and you're not killing your team. I'm not talking about the most important game of the year. But Zach Taylor yesterday, what he did with Kwame Lasseter Jr., that is a big league move. If ever you that don't know what I'm talking about, Kwame Lasseter was a player in the NFL for about eight, nine years. Seven of the nine, he played for the Arizona Cardinals. So Kwame Lasseter Jr., who plays for the Bengals, he's like the sixth wide receiver on the team, special teams guy, right? Late in the game, they have a two-touchdown lead, and they pass the ball to make sure that Lasseter can get a catch. His first reception as a player in the NFL. His dad died not too long ago, okay? This is his hometown. His mom's there. He's got all kinds of friends and family. He didn't have a lot of his family there, brothers there, because they're all playing college or pro football. He's got three other brothers playing college football. Big time college football. But that was such a big league move. And, and, and look, I beat down Taylor probably more than anybody in the town. I have been his number one critic. I give him credit for the culture. I give him credit for uh, the, 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 the togetherness of the team through good times and bad times, and they've had both over the last four years. And he's held it together. You don't see guys drifting off the reservation and bad-mouthing the coach like uh, Trace alluded to earlier, the kicker, or bad-mouthing assistant coaches. I'm talking about the kicker in Pittsburgh. But that was, I thought that was one of the coolest things that I've seen in a long time yesterday. You know, some people might have thought, you know, why are they throwing the ball? You know, are they trying to score and rub it in? No. Taylor knew the situation. He was aware, or somebody made him aware. Maybe it was Brian Callahan who did this. I don't know. But I'm going to give Taylor and the entire staff the credit. I thought it was a big league move. Yeah, big cool. league cool. move. Good for Lasseter. Good for Zach. Good for them. They get a win. All right. Uh, college football. Oh, wait a minute. Been pointed out by your friend and mine, and I apologize. The player formerly known as Mouse Cop. Today is Indigenous Peoples Day. And I just used the term off the reservation. So if that offends anybody, I'm sorry. I didn't mean it that way at all. Did it offend you at all, Reed? Did not. Okay. Uh, Elliot, we okay? I'm okay. I'm great. All right. Well, happy Indigenous Peoples Day. I'm not smart enough to even know what any of that I, I, is. Hell, I, I mean, I thought it was a miracle I could pronounce that word. Well, yeah, you, did a, you did a good job on I that, did. Tom. I did a great you did job. A, you did a good job, Thank Tom. you. Thank you. My wife never tells me I do anything good. I mean, I offered to go pick up her mom and dad at the airport last night at 1230, knowing I was supposed to get up at 6. Um, and no, you know, not a thanks, no nothing. You know, no, I'll do it. Okay. I didn't book the flight. Hmm. He's watching the show right now. Jim, Judy, welcome to town. They got in late last night from Arizona. Um, okay. College football. I mentioned my father-in-law, big Notre Dame guy. What do you think about Notre Dame? Tired. I, I, I see. Well, I'm, I mean, I'm what gonna, happened can I defend, the first can four I defend games Notre Dame? of the year, right? Sam Hartman, everybody's saying he is – 
uh, a Heisman hopeful. Yep, that was me. Right? Okay, you were there on that train, yeah. Casey. A lot of people were. Hartman looked unbelievable, right? Then comes Ohio State. Now it's the top five team, top ten team. Not saying they're the best team, because right now they're not. But they're undefeated. They come in to South Bend. One thing Ohio State has outside of great receivers is they've got a hell of a defense this year. They are good on defense. And they shut Hartman down almost that entire game, along with the Notre Dame run game. But Trace did anybody. Anybody, you're the big Notre Dame guy, Reed. Did you see this thing coming where, I mean, all of a sudden, they can't get out of their own way against Louisville? Yeah, listen, Notre Dame, say what you want about everyone always talks about how bad Notre Dame's schedule is. Bad? What's wrong with Notre Dame's schedule? They play a great schedule. They've they've always played a tough schedule. Not always. Always, Tom. They don't play that frou-frou schedule like Ohio State does in the Big Ten or Georgia does in the SEC. They play a a hard-nosed schedule. Time out a second. Time out. Time out. Ohio State is playing Penn State and Michigan this year. Two teams in the top five. They play them every year. (laughs) Every year. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, Rutgers and and Maryland, those are tough teams. Well, Maryland's not Indiana. Indiana. No, yeah, Indiana. So, I mean, we, we go out and we play football powerhouses like Louisville, like Duke. Louisville, Duke. Duke? Are you kidding me? Oh and not even, God. I mean, how many national championships has Navy won back in the, during the World oh War II? I mean, I'll get to the point. Tom, how many, how many other universities have won Mr. World Most as Reed, could you please be serious for one minute? Be serious for one second, uh, one minute. Listen, I think Notre Dame is very good. I think that they're better now than they've been in years, I think that they just had a tough game. I think they went yeah. on the road and played a, a, a spirited Louisville team. I still think that this team could, is going to play in a big-time bowl game. Obviously, the college football playoff hopes that they had gone, gone. out the window. But this team's still going to win nine, ten games. I, 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 could see them, I could see them beating USC. I don't think that would surprise anybody. It, it, it certainly wouldn't surprise me if they go out and beat USC later on. I think that's this week. That's right? this weekend. This yeah. weekend, right? Yeah. So in South beat, Bend. In South Bend. That shouldn't surprise you if they go beat USC this week. Seriously, should it? I still think this team is a, a better product than they put out in, in years past. I think Marcus Freeman's a guy that's going to take Notre Dame to the next level. I truly believe that. Notre, uh, scheduling is a big thing in college football. I, I think that whoever did the scheduling for Notre Dame, obviously they do, they do these years in advance. They probably never imagined Duke was going to be very yeah. good. They never imagined that Louisville was probably going to be in a spot where they were going to be as good as they have been this year. But college football is so fickle now with this college transfer, with the transfer portal, that scheduling years in advance isn't going to be something that you can just expect that right. these teams are either going to be good or bad. You would never put your team that you think that could go to the national championship in a situation where they have to go and play back to back to back, to back. Ro- or uh, night games yep. in in the atmospheres in the in the charged environments that they've been in, right? You like to mix in a noon game against a Youngstown State or something along those lines because it's it's a, it's a situation right now where the way the college football playoffs are that Notre Dame's a perfect example of why you want to have twelve teams or why you'd want to have an extended playoff because I do think that Notre Dame is actually a good team. They can beat. I don't want to say I don't I don't know if I want to go to the, the venture saying they could beat anybody on any given day, but I think that they're damn close to being yeah, good I enough agree. to beat anybody on any given yep. night. And Notre Dame's in a spot now where they have to then turn around again. And now they have USC coming on another night game yep. at home. They are going to beat USC because USC is if, if for all the one the people that are putting all caps frauds about Notre Dame in the chat, uh there maybe they are frauds. But they're only frauds behind USC. USC is the biggest fraud of them all. 
USC, the same team, by the way, that, yes, if they didn't have Caleb Williams, nobody would be talking about USC even being worth a damn. Now, yes, Caleb Williams is good. I'm not trying to downplay what he is. But they also struggled against Colorado. And you've seen what Colorado did when they played a good team. They got their brakes beat off of them yep, by Oregon. They did. That wasn't a fluke. And then you that turn was around. at Oregon, though. They played SC. I don't give a damn. All there's right, not I'm a good, just, there's not a good team there. in the country. I'll say this. There's never a good team in the country that would ever get beat that bad and dominated that bad by Oregon. That's, not, that's, that's just not going to. So this week, Notre Dame will beat USC. What? And, uh, what? Notre Dame's going to beat USC at home. That's a fact. Really? Guaranteed. Book it. Did you, have you seen USC, Tom? You talk about pillow okay, fights. Uh, but, you know, here's pillow the thing. Fights. And look, nobody has called uh, USC uh, a fraud like I have through the years, right? Because of that defense. They did something, though, the other day at Arizona that kind of caught me by surprise. I mean, it was a 43-41 to 41 game, went to triple overtime. The difference in the game was a failed two-point conversion. Okay, at the end there, SC's defense made a play. And, you know, uh, Lincoln Riley comes out. Caleb Williams comes out and says, hey, our defense won the game. And you don't say that often when you give up 41. But the, the overtime deal is a little bit different. You give up touchdowns, they start at the 25, whatever it is. Um, but SC won a game where Williams was not very good. He did not have a good game. This is, uh, you know, right at the uh, end of the fourth when it was a, a chance to win it. And they blocked the kick, right? Yep. Arizona. They a high-powered offense. They scored 28 points, Tom. I, I, again, I said, Williams had a bad game. What the fuck? He had a bad – everybody's going to have run a bad that again. game. Kate, Tom, 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 look at this. Oh, I mean, that's a joke. <laughs> that's unbelievable. You got one job, Tom. I mean, those guys go out of practice and they got one job and that's what they do in the most clutch moment well, of the right. game. Yeah, I can't argue with it. I mean, come on. But I'm surprised you're saying, uh, are you buying into that, Casey, uh, that Notre Dame beats SC this weekend? And we got all week to talk about this game. You know, I, I had them beating USC because I thought they were frauds before they even started playing games, Tom. I still think that Notre Dame has a pretty darn good team. Okay. I think... A lot like what Reed said and alluded to, I think they just had a really bad game. And they're coming off two games that they probably didn't expect to be tough games. And it, it caught them off guard. Um, honestly, I, I don't think Sam Hartman is the Heisman hopeful that we all thought he was. But he's, he's still a lot better than what he showed. And he's better like, than what they've had. Yeah, for a, a lot more time. No doubt, no doubt. Does this, was, does this Notre Dame team beat every other Notre Dame team that's been yes, legit, yes. you think? I, I, I think so, yes. too. That's what Reed was trying to say earlier. I yeah. think this, this, yeah. team's, yep. this team is better than what they've been in the past. Well, it's the, the difference is that they've got, they've got a competent quarterback. Like, it's yeah. been a while since that's Notre right. Dame has had a good quarterback and in, in, in a competent uh, offensive coordinator. So that's, that's, that's what excites me as a Notre Dame fan going forward is, is some things seem to be changing. Some things seem to be changing. Yeah. One thing, too, about this game, I was trying to find out if uh, Audric Estime, I can't remember if that's how, Estime, Estime. Yeah, the running back. I was trying to see if he got hurt because he only had 10 carries that game. I wasn't able to watch this game to, to I wasn't complete. Either. But I just saw the score. But 10 carries for 20 yards, that's very uncharacteristic. Yep. So, to me, I think teams have just started stacking the box and – 
Sam Hartman had a really bad interception early on in the game. It just set the tone for a really bad bad game for Notre I, I got to tell you, though, somebody in the chat, and I'm trying to find it, forgive me, uh, as I'm scrolling through here. But, you know, here we are talking about Notre Dame. I mean, is there a possibility that Louisville is this year's TCU? No. No. Well, hold on now. Hold on now. Not a chance? I'm not suggesting the answer is yes, but to outright rule it, say no way? They're undefeated. They've got three more ranked matchups. Against some good teams. Uh, I mean, mean, Miami is on the the schedule. Miami should be undefeated, coaching meltdown. And then teams like Duke and UK. But they still, I mean, as, as, the, as the schedule I'm currently looking at it, they still got Duke, Miami, and Kentucky who are all currently ranked. Where do they play Kentucky? They play them at home or on the road? They, play them, at, they play them at home. Okay, the that's a big deal. I, I think that, it, I think that uh, home field advantage is one of the most underrated things in college football. I, I really, uh, there was a lot of penalties that were, that, that were against Notre Dame that were really big plays in that game if you did not watch it. There was a huge third down stop that Notre Dame got when the game was still a, very much a game, and it was a there was a face mask call to where the lineman's the yeah. lineman's hand just slipped up and he yeah. and he and he grabbed the face mask. Now, as a gambling man, I was very thrilled with that call. That was a great call. Those are the types of calls that you're supposed to you're supposed to make if you care about the integrity of the game. But one in which I wouldn't bank on. Uh, moving forward, if I were a Louisville fan, if they would have had to play Notre Dame again, you know, it's like I don't want to say Notre Dame was was unlucky, but it felt like the crowd, the mistakes, they shot themselves in the foot. I don't, I I take away from that the environment that Louisville brought more than I take away that Louisville is just a way better team. Which, by the way, in the ACC, you got teams like Florida State, North Carolina. I mean, which Louisville doesn't play either one of those. Those are those are two teams. Let's play the would, ACC championship. Yeah, well, they would. Yeah, one of those teams would be in the championship game with, with a chance. Carolina, Florida State. I know Clemson's already lost, but you never know. The bigger the bigger question I would say, Tom, to this to bring this back to local sports to a certain extent is: Is there any concern if you're a UC fan? I guess Elliot could speak on this a little bit. If you're a UC fan, it has to be a little disheartening yeah. to see a program that was struggling pretty bad. Then watch their coach leave, and immediately when their coach leaves and goes to UC, you turn around and you look at Louisville and you think to yourself, "Wow, they're in the top 25 and they just beat Notre Dame at home." No, a win in which a win in which this UC program holds to a very high prestige standard. If you ask them the biggest wins that they've had over the last hundred years at UC, they're going to point towards Notre Dame, which Louisville just did last week. Well, no, 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 no. I think that's. Inc- I think that's incorrect because here's the thing. Everybody knows this is Satterfield's roster over there at Louisville. This is Satterfield's that's team. True. That's, that's just point. not true. So, that's 70% roster turnover. So this is so this is Satterfield's team. Satterfield's basically coaching two teams right now. Mm-hmm. He's, start, he's, re, he's rebooting yeah. the program here at the University of Cincinnati. But really, he's still semi-focused shadow on Louisville. Coaching. That's his roster. Shadow that's his coaching. team. He is shadow coaching. I have no doubt in my mind. Uh, he's still, Satterfield's what still What does that Louisville. mean? That means, so while he coaches UC... He's also simultaneously coaching Louisville because that's those are his guys. Okay. okay. Those are his guys right. over there. Okay. And and I, I think he's gonna take both of them to a bowl game this year. I think we're okay. I think Satterfield's doing great. Satterfield's cashing two ch- two paychecks, coaching two rosters. Everybody's his guy. And and when when UC comes back, that's great. What if what if Louisville actually does as Tom suggested, pulls a TCU and you know they they, they win they went out in their schedule. Then they get in the ACC championship game. They win the ACC championship game and I mean you 
you got to put them in. Like, no you, doubt you gotta, about no, it. No they, doubt about it. They're they've got to be in the, yep. the college football playoff. Yep. <laughs> first-year head coach gets ran out of town. Scott Satterfield goes to UC, and first year he's gone, they go to a college football playoff. Man, that'd be a bad look. Be a, a bad look. look. Be bad. That's Tom, what do you think UC ranks in, uh, in Ohio college football rankings? Well, look, you know, you, you, you put them on the field. And on the field this the year. 12. But I'll say this right now. I mean, you can start playing that game about connecting the dots and all that kind of thing, right? Okay. We know they're not Ohio State. Correct. Okay. So they're, they're not, they're not so number they're one. Now, now you're two. Okay. They played Miami already. They played already. Miami and got beat. Yeah, so so now you're number three. Right. Okay. Miami has not played Ohio University this year, right? No. Okay. But Ohio University is legit. They played in the MAC championship game last year against Toledo. Toledo, most people feel like out of the Power Five conferences, that Toledo is one of the top four or five teams. They've got everybody back from a team at last year that won the MAC and won their bowl game convincingly. So one could make the argument that as we sit here today, Elliot. Yeah. Okay. Your guys, the UC Bearcats, and I give my sure. buddies in my neighborhood a hard time. They're all big UC guys, season ticket holders. I said to them last week, as we sit here today, UC is the fifth best college football team in the state of Ohio, behind Ohio State, and in any particular order, however you want to put them. And, and, yeah. and the schedule will shake all this out because OU plays Toledo and OU plays Miami. So you would have those three schools right now, along with the Ohio State University, in front of your yeah. UC Bearcats. Yes. How does that feel, knowing well, let me, that here you are, I'm your trying to first give you, year in yeah. the Big 12? I, I, I'm really no, I'm disappointed that Trace would put me on the spot like this. I, I'm, I'm trying to give you a, first show back. Yeah. <laughs> and I, now I, I got UC fans all hating me. Well, I want to give you a little bit of an analogy for these MAC teams, Ohio, Toledo. Winning the Mac is essentially, it's like ordering onion rings and then having a fry appear. <laughs> it's cool. It's a fun little thing. But if, if I find a fry in my onion rings, I'm throwing it out the car window and I'm moving on with my day. Nobody gives a damn. If you win the Mac, I don't care less. And to be quite frank, Kirk, Her Kirk Herbstreet and the rest of the college football committee, <laughs> they don't care either. And they've made that abundantly clear. So before we sit up here and say Toledo and Ohio and Miami, the Red Hawks, who have, I think, three fans appeared at those games. That's not true. Three, not three at OU, fans, big boy. Three fans. Not Ohio. at OU, big boy. You can everybody, say that about Miami. They everybody in Ohio is getting tanked up on a Tuesday. Nobody cares at Ohio either. As they Listen, should. No, yeah, they should. They you should. You got to start tailgating Tuesday They have to for numb Saturday. the mind. They have, yeah, to, right. they have to numb the mind before they look at their, the horizon of the now, blank you know space that is Athens, Ohio. That's not true. So, I no, before we start sitting here and saying UC's bad, UC's bad, Coach Satterfield, he's coaching Louisville to a, to a national championship this year, and he's also helping rebuild UC's program back. I'm not concerned about these MAC schools. I went to a MAC school. I, I went to the University of Toledo for two years. I had to leave. They got a great team. They had a great. They have a great team. But here's the thing about these MAC teams, Tom. And this is why I have a, a fundamental flaw with college football: is that their season doesn't matter ever. It will never matter until the day they die because they play nobody and they beat nobody. So well, in, time out the, now. Time out now. Yeah. UC is playing this weekend. Iowa sure. State. Sure. Okay. Iowa State's a bad team. To, well, again, you know, uh, they might be a bad team. But here's all I know. Okay. They just beat TCU. Now, TCU thought they were going to be as good, as good, if not better, as far as just 
personnel is concerned, they thought they were going to be better this year than last year. But it goes to show you, you got to have a quarterback that doesn't turn the ball over, and they're turning the ball over. They turn it over three or four times against Iowa State, losing to Iowa State this past weekend. When Iowa State came to Athens, Mm-hmm. The Harvard on the hockey. Yeah. Three weeks ago. Sure. They had 150 yards of offense. 150 yards. Ohio University has given up 54 points this season. All right? They mm-hmm. beat Iowa State, who point. plays UC this week, the mighty Big 12. Yeah. All right, uh, well, UC, you know, UC, Elliot, be UC careful lo- now. Be UC careful. lost to Miami at home. So, I listen, UC season's as dead as ever. So, I, I'm not – if they lose or they win, it doesn't matter. The season doesn't matter. If they want to try to get to the GoDaddy Bowl, they can go ahead and do so. <laughs> hey, I'll, I'll, I'll t- celebrate it all the same. But in, in, until, like, this season's a wash, I'm giving Satterfield an extra year. It's Nobody expected UC to win a national championship this, this year. It's Satterfield's first season. He has a leash. He has a little bit of a leash here. He does. So, hey, is anybody's th- stock drop more? than Matt Campbell's stock. And that goes to the point that it may be your coach a, for you don't know at Iowa State. Iowa State, yeah. Right. If you don't know, Iowa State's head coach. Uh, a couple years ago, Matt Campbell was the top, one of the top guys on the yep. list, right? Every single coaching or every single coaching firm or hiring firm had Matt Campbell on their list. Um, I got to be honest. I think for as much as much as everyone wanted to give Fickle a little bit of a little bit of heat for him leaving. He seen and he realized that he didn't want to make the same mistake that Matt Campbell made. Which is, you better get the big-time job when they want you. Nobody was a better example of that than the guy at Stanford. Yeah, that's a good point. That was the one, because I was working in the David NFL Shaw. then. It seemed like everywhere we went in the NFL. Shaw was his name, right? David, David Shaw. Shaw. David Shaw. Everywhere David we Taylor. went, and he had had like a 10-win season. McCaffrey was there. Yeah. Whole nine yards. And I remember every NFL city we went into, you know, people be saying, hey, man, there are rumors here that uh, Philadelphia was one where they were going to get rid of Peterson. And everybody was saying, Shaw's the guy. Shaw's the guy. And Shaw kept passing up all this stuff. He's going to end up getting run at Stanford. Tom, you think there's any validity to Urban Meyer going to Michigan State? No. None at all? And you and none. 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 Okay. None. Urban is, is staying, staying put. Although, how about – Seeing him standing there, those shots they took of him. You see him? No. This weekend? I saw it. It was fun. I mean, he looked like a guy. By the way, I was gone. Have you guys watched the Swamp King thing? No. On Netflix? I've not, no. I think Trace has. It's a, that's a fraud show. Oh, no, but have you watched it? You've watched it. Didn't you find it kind of interesting, though, about all the way they ran the guys through the practice and ran those guys in the ground and the video of the guys getting sick and the mat drills and all that kind of stuff? I don't care if you like Urban or not. It makes no difference. But the way those players talked about that mat drill. Yeah. You, who do you think got the final cut on that, Tom? Well, I'm sure Urban had a lot to do with it. There's no doubt. No doubt. Well, I mean, one of the knocks on it when it came out was they didn't cover enough of the guys that got in trouble with the law. Right. But they didn't ignore it totally. There were parts in there where they had the clips from every sports center or whatever it is. This guy's arrested. That guy's arrested. This guy's arrested. I don't know. And you tell me, just watching it. Do people want to know about Aaron Hernandez? Well, I think that was the I think that was the curiosity about that whole team is that they had all these people like Aaron Hernandez who, who went to jail for for killing people. Yeah. Right? 
And years later, right? Years later, and all these people that got in trouble with the law. Meanwhile, their their quarterback is is the biggest Bible thumping yep. quarterback that's ever come through the sport of football. Yep. Yep. It, it's it's just a, an incredibly curious juxtaposition of a team. That's why people were curious about the team. It wasn't it wasn't because they were a great team, and then that certainly added to it. But it was just how different the the, this, the persona of this Florida Gators team was. That's what was curious, and I think that's people, what people wanted to see. So I think that's why people didn't like the documentary. Right. And I think a lot of people didn't like the documentaries because it didn't fledge that out fully. The, 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 they buried the lead. They buried the lead, as they, as they say in, in news. You didn't watch it? Uh, I watched only a little bit of it, and I, and I turned it off. But I, I get the point. I, it, was a, it, was, it was an Urban Meyer documentary. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can see why people would make that argument. I, I, I don't know. Uh, uh, let's see. Uh, Nick ch- chimes in and says, hey, look, if you want to hear about the trouble with the players, watch the Aaron Hernandez documentary, and you're dialed in. Uh, David Shaw, just so you know, Tom, he did step down as head coach last year. Yeah, I'm saying, but he was he was going to get – what I meant to say, he was going to get run. Oh, okay. I he, think from well, that job. Anytime someone steps down, doesn't – I mean, I take that as they got fired. Well, they, generally yeah, that's a deal them, where they're, they're, they've agreed to a, 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 a yeah. money deal to get out. I mean, I'd say, if you fire a guy, you owe him everything. You want to play a game? What percent? We'll all go around the room and say one number real fast. What percent of the time when someone steps down, they actually mutually agree to step down? I'm going to say uh, half a percent. Half of one percent? Half of one percent. I'm going to say about, um, I'm going to say about 60, 40. Wow. Yeah, wow. I, th- I think there's sometimes that, that coaches get, it's not, I don't think it's always a, a scenario in which like the, the school or the organization is telling you like, hey, you're going you're gonna to lose this job. We need you to step down to save your face. I think sometimes there's literally coaches that are just like, this isn't going well. I'm worn out. Whether you guys want me here or not is, is, is besides the situation. I'm done. I'm, I'm, I, I want out. And, and I, I could see that with David Shaw because he was riding so high and then he has a, a winless yep. season last year pretty much. You're damaging your own rep. Right. He's just like, I'm done. I'm, I'm out of this. This isn't working anymore. And instead of owing me $20 million, we're just picking a number. Right. Instead of owing me $20 million if you fire me. Okay. L- let's just agree you give, me, you, you give me 12 and I'm out of town. Right. Yeah. I, I think to I'll Trace's resign. point, I think a great majority of the stepping down is the school or the organization saying, yeah. hey, we need you to step down. We don't want to fire you. We want you to save face a little bit because we respect you and everything like that. I think that happens the majority of the time. But I do think that there are some times where the coach just comes in and it's like, I'm done. Yep. I'm over this. This clearly isn't working. I know you guys see it. I know I see it. This isn't working anymore. Let's, let's move on. All right. Is there uh, – we're closing in on the last five minutes. Is there anything we're doing differently now that I need to know about? We're still doing cherry on top? Oh, yeah. We can, we can find a cherry on top. I, I think uh... – Is there anything you guys would like – are this first show back? You know, I, I want to ask the chat. I want to. I want to do this like maybe once a week. I want to ask the chat, what did we do well? What can we do better? It's fair. All right. So for each of you, what did we do well today? What can we do better? Oh man, Trace on the spot. Come on, let's go. You threw oh, me under man. the bus. I, who, you threw the, me under the bus. I, yeah, I mean, hey, listen, I think that uh, I think that we could keep our television turned on uh, over there, so then that way we could put the ad read up there, so you can get the ad read, and then you can get tipped off that we, that we are going to do the segment. Um, but otherwise, no. I'm I'm so glad though to be sitting in this seat. You have no idea. I mean, I'm thrilled to death about it. The fact that I don't have to sit up there anymore and make stuff up to talk about on a daily basis because I was too tired to come in early enough to prepare. prepare. I'm all for it. Okay. Also, news the note. 
Uh, this is this is breaking news. Uh, I signed us up for a gig. Reed does not have to go because I'm going to do that because otherwise he might just quit, walk out the door before I even get to my point. Oh, well, let me uh, I'm going to have to go to Chicago tomorrow for a video board event. So Wow. Okay. We'll save travels yeah. up to the Windy City. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. I have to go for a uh, – uh, we'll play another game. I'll check back in on Wednesday. I have to go for a rally. Um, Lori Lightfoot? What kind of rally do you think I have to go to? I, I literally – I legitimately don't even know. <laughs> that slipped uh, under the radar. It is. We're, we are getting near November. It, All right, it's certainly, so what, it's certainly what, what a political What do we do round. well? What do we not do well? What needs to be better? What do we Come do? on. What let's do let's we air do it well? out. Dirty I laundry. Thought, listen, I thought every. I, if I could give everyone a grade, I thought as a, as a show, we had an A-. minus. Elliot has always got an A+. Plus, plus, plus. I mean, he, he, he went above and beyond today. That's just Elliot every wow. day. He brings his A game. Wow. He brings his A game. That's right. Zebra. He does, it doesn't matter if his calf's at 100%, 50%, 60%. He shows up, he steps up in the pocket, and he throws it downfield every it mean, time. It means a lot, Reed. It yep, means a lot. Absolutely. I, I'd, give my, I'd give myself uh, I'm torn between an E and an F. Somewhere oh, wow, between there. I don't like that. And, and, and here's why. I, I think I could have done better today. I, I, I didn't bring my A game. But listen, when you have an E game, today's just my E game. And, and we're going to come back tomorrow, and, and we're going to try to get, get back to maybe a C. Try to get to a C tomorrow. One thing when we get off the air, Tom, that I'm going to do is me and Casey are going to sit Elliot down because he was texting yep. us during the game yesterday. Yeah. And he kept alluding that every single time that the Bengals ran the ball, they were running a draw. <laughs> he, he thinks that every time that you run the ball out of shotgun, it is a draw. <laughs> and we kept explaining to him that that's not a draw. That's not okay. that's not what a draw is. So we're gonna yeah. we're gonna draw up what a draw. If I is asked to. every every citizen of the country, hey, can you can you real quick? I'm gonna give you a pen. I'm gonna give you a paper. You just you just draw on this piece of paper what a, what a halfback draw is. And what the Bengals did yesterday is what every single human being on this planet would draw. So, so if it's not a draw, with your words, if with it's your words, explain to us what a draw is at this moment. When, when you're out of the shotgun and you hand the ball off. That is not, incorrect. That is, that, <laughs> okay. it Might is, as well be. It is. Right. <laughs> we'll get Kyle Kasky on to settle yes. this debate. Yeah. Yes, okay. Please. Fair enough. Um, okay. We got a cherry on top. Did we find one? Yeah, we got we a cherry do. on top. All right. This is presented by United Dairy Farmers, our outstanding sponsor. Main sponsor. You're going to want your headset, Tom. And off the bench. Fair enough. All right, we have for you. Oh boy! Some Kid Cudi. Day and night. I toss and turn, I keep stressing my mind, mind. Wah, wah, wah. But see, I don't attain. Wah, wah, wah. This silly game we play. Play. Now look at this. Wah, Madness wah, wah. magnet keeps attracting me. You're off, by the way. Oh. <laughs> I try to see I'm not that fast. I think first, but surely finish last. Last. Cause day and night. Thoughts, Tom? seems to free his mind at night. He's all alone through the day and night. It's getting better as it goes on. seems to free his mind at night. At night. Day and night. Now see. I don't know about any of you, but when I hear that, I think to myself, and we'll leave you with this thought today. 
Can you not see your? Can, can you not see in your mind when you hear Kid Cuddy? Is that the name? Mm-hmm. Sure uh, is. Kid Cuddy. Scott. Miscuddy. Can you not see? You know, some rundown house where a bunch of dudes, four or five guys, are living together over there in Clifton somewhere. Elliot rolls in for the party, sitting in the corner, right? Always. That tune going. Yeah. You got the groove on. Oh yeah. I can see that. I, oh yeah. Kid Cudi, man, that gets me. That gets me going, baby. Joe Burrow's favorite rapper. It is. Yeah. Joe Burrow made Kid Cudi a, a Bengals fan. All right. Uh, Drew Garrison says, I'm now going to go try CBD. <laughs> I've become a cutty head, says Jimmy Dolan. Uh, or THC Seltzer. Thank you, Sir Boy Wonder. Okay, no THC allowed during the program. Uh, all right, boys, are we good? I think we're good, Tom. That's right, right, Tom. It's good to be Welcome back. back. Uh, any programming notes you need to know about? We will start. We lied to the people. We st- we will start box lunch next week. We're a little bit. We're a little. We're a little busy. A little busy. Maybe we're making excuses, but we want to start off the right foot. So we got a lot going on this week. Operation Pumpkin. Something we'll talk about later this week. Big thing in Hamilton. I know we want to crush it, but hey, we'll uh, we'll we'll let you on the inside scoop. Future uh, future note too. If I forget to tell you, or Reed forgets to tell you, you guys better make plans on Friday to figure out a way to get in here a little bit earlier because it's gonna be. It's going to be a little tough time getting here. Roads are closed here in downtown. I remember that last year. Yeah. For you, it's not that big of a deal because it's Yeah, I'm coming the other way. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. you guys are right around the corner. going to be tougher because he's coming from the west. Got the Impala. I've got the Impala, yeah. And I'll tell you what, it's when the the weather gets colder, it's better for my baby because it's hard to overheat in the blistering cold. So (laughs) we're we're back. I don't know what the road situation will be. So this has happened to me before this year where I, I only have one road that I can get here on. And if that road's closed, it's just over for me. So we'll see. Okay, it's gonna be a uh, it's gonna be a big weekend in Hamilton. Mm-hmm. I might no have to get you know. Re- come maybe, on down, maybe Tom. Maybe we get a couple rooms out here. Yeah, Tom, let's come down. This a couple rooms. Hang out. You can, you can no, so we can spend the night. So you can walk back, Tom. I got a place for you to stay. Yeah, oh. we got, listen, we got we got three bedrooms. You can you can have one. Bullet Neither proof Wild windows. Bulletproof windows right on his house. Hey, there, there. I'm not kidding you when I tell you this. I've been in some unbelievable places in my life in regards to establishments and homes. There is a guy that has built a uh, he's built a house that's taken years way back in my subdivision in my neighborhood. And he yesterday he needed help picking up a pinball machine, so he sends a text to my buddy who also lives in the neighborhood. Well, that buddy then sends a text to me, and I tell you right now. He just, and yesterday he said, we'll do a Super Bowl party. You can get your guys, uh, if you come to this house, I mean, Tom's, my, Tom's big league, so he's might have seen some other houses. Probably right. This house, Probably right. I am not kidding you. It is in Hamilton, by the way, and it is absurd. I, I have never see seen it. All, this house. I'm all about it. This house is on another level. All right, I'm all for us checking it out, and um, I think we got to, uh, I think we got to look into that this weekend. Elliot, keep that uh, keep your calendar open. I'm, I'll go with you, Tom. Wherever, right, wherever, wherever we explore, we can make it a segment. Me and me and Tom explore the Hamilton area, <laughs> and it's it's almost like a game because if we survive, we win. God, I hate 
<laughs> I was I was I wasn't doing Ham. I hadn't been doing in the Ham- show. I haven't been it. I haven't been doing Hamilton jokes for a long time. When Tom steps back in, I have to follow his Listen, lead. He's my leader. This is the problem. He's my Tom. leader. You, so you, if I have to, if I'm if I'm able to make jokes about raining bullets and lawnmower people, I'm gonna make those jokes. So that's that's where we stand. I wasn't gonna do it. I am Hamilton's biggest fan. It, Tom, it's been it's been two months since Tom done the show. It's been about a decade since he's coaching, but he's just putting the ball on the tee for for old Elliot. He's just tossing it up. And Elliot's I'm coming back this park. year, though. Hey, I'm coming back park. coaching this year. Are you really coming back? Coming back basketball. Watch out. Watch out. Yeah, watch out. All right, uh, Casey. Thank you, Trace. Great to see you guys. Back to be back with you. E train. Yes. Reed. We'll, we'll we'll do it all again tomorrow. Good Lord willing. Great to be back. Thank all of you for being here today. Uh, for being with us when, uh, when I was not here. Guys holding down the fort, doing an unbelievable job. So thanks to all of you for staying with us. And uh, tomorrow we'll talk about our uh, power rankings in oh, the yes. NFL. We'll give our power rankings in college football. Uh, and we'll talk more about the Bengals, talk about the Monday night game, baseball playoffs tonight. Lots going on around the world of sports. Great time of year. This is Off the Bench presented by United Dairy Farmers. We'll see you tomorrow.